The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guest and host. They don't reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, lighten the fuck up. Enjoy. Now, Crown Vic. Oh, hey there. Welcome to what I believe to be the 37th edition of the Poorly Made Police Memes podcast. I could be wrong, though. I did go to public school, so I can't count. How are y'all doing? Uh, I'm your host. Uh, we're going to go with Grant today. Hope you guys had a uh, good holiday weekend. You guys got uh, trampled by the crowds to get an $80 TV, all that good stuff. Hope you didn't offend your Aunt Karen at Thanksgiving dinner. And that your uh, weird uncle didn't get drunk and say a bunch of weird shit. But we know that all probably happened. Well, I had a good Thanksgiving. It was pretty low-key. And if you've been following the page the last couple of days, I've been kind of lazy. But, yeah, sometimes you got to have a little little time off. Which brings me to a, an odd point. I, I'm curious, if anybody listens to this podcast that doesn't know about the meme page. So if you just somehow stumbled across the podcast, I'd be very curious to know that. So send me a message. Anyway, without further ado, it's time to give thanks to the folks that are making this podcast possible, and that is Spectre Builds. Spectre Builds is an LEO-owned 3D printing service startup business that also has some pre-made products available through an Etsy store. They're currently offering a Black Friday sale, which all items are 20% off until December 1st. You can find the store through a direct link, and that's spectrebuildstore.com. And don't worry, I will have uh, all the links at the end of the podcast, of course. If you wish to support them but don't want to purchase anything right now, they have a Patreon. Custom order inquiries can be made through the store or an email, which is spectrabuilds at spectrasam.com. You can check out time-lapse videos, progress on the current multi-material printer upgrade, and new products and services on their Facebook page, which is spectrabuilds, Twitter at spectrabuilds, and on Instagram at spectra underscore builds. So thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate you putting on the show today. And again, you know, I, I say this a lot. This is another LEO in business, small business that you're supporting, especially through the holidays. So consider giving them some money. All right, on to the next order of business. Uh, I'm not going to do the weight loss challenge this episode. I don't even want to get near a scale. Uh, I've been kind of out of control through Thanksgiving, but it is what it is. The next episode, I will have one, and that will probably still be terrifying, but we'll see what happens. So on this episode, I talked to an old friend. Back to kind of what I normally do, the last podcast we did with, uh, yeah, the last episode we did with Christina Degas was a little different than how we normally roll. This one's kind of back into uh, the pocket, so to speak. I think you guys will enjoy it, uh, as you guys can tell by the title, Drunk Philosophy. We got drunk and uh, philosophized. Is that a word? I don't know. A couple other things. The poorly made patch wall is coming together very nicely. I put a post up the other day, and uh, it's been like nudie magazine day the last few days going to the post office. So thank you guys for all the patches. If you listen to the podcast and you haven't sent me a patch, A, fuck you. B, send me a patch. It's awesome. Makes me feel good inside. Makes my tingly bits tingle. That's probably not the best sell to get patches. Um... Other than that, uh, we'll get going in just a second here. So we're going to roll just a little programming note. We're going to roll the podcast right up into Christmas. Christmas will be the last episode 
then I'm going to take uh, two weeks off and rethink my life. I don't know uh, what's going to happen after the end of the year. If the I'm going to say that more than likely the podcast is going to keep rolling, but uh, you guys know how it is, man. Life is uh, life is life, so may have to consider doing things a little bit differently. But I really enjoy doing this, so hopefully we can keep it rolling. Other than that, uh, let's get the band going. So let's see who we got up in my poorly made list. Today we're going to go with the boys of Av Gods and Machines. That's O V Gods and Machines, and this is their song "Waterboarded to Death." Sounds like a nice way to go. And we'll be right back with uh, my good friend. And now the moment you've been waiting for, you've been deceived because the person that was supposed to be on couldn't make the show. So now I have a pinch hitter who, (laughs) when I brought it up to him that he was the pinch hitter before we started hitting record, he didn't know what a pinch hitter was. Is this true? (laughs) It's true. I'm about to Google it just (laughs) because I don't want to be. Really wait, wait, hold on. Before you wrong. Google it, guess what it is. What do you think a pinch hitter is? Um, um hmm. I'm going to say it's like someone who, like, okay, this guy can't hit, so we're going to have someone else hit instead. I, I, just putting it in context of what we're doing right now. Basically, basically. That's, I mean, you're, you're on the right track. I mean, and basically what it is is maybe the end of the game, you know, big at bat. You know, you got a guy in the field that can play pretty well, but you know what? Let's let's bring in somebody off the bench to try and hit for him. That kind of thing. So you, you okay. got it. You're you're on the right, right track. But I, I couldn't fathom that you didn't know what it was. I didn't realize you were such a nerd. Now, for context, uh, the pinch hitter who doesn't know what a pinch hitter is, he is a hardcore longtime PM PM follower, OG. And he was on, he's on the list to be on the podcast, but uh, the guy that was supposed to be on stepped out. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this fella a call. And he stepped up to the plate. That's another <laughs> baseball analogy. Well, it's funny to say, talk about OG because I uh, was scrolling through Facebook memories and shit like that. And we're allowed to curse on here, right? Oh, fuck yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. Um, and I found one of your old fucking memes with the old tag where it was the girl being followed by the guy playing the, uh, the instrument, you know what I'm talking about? It's, it's that a trumpet, old go stamp. ahead. Yeah. yeah. The trumpet. Yeah. That trumpet, whatever, you know what I fucking mean? Uh, the old stamp that you used to use and I'm looking at that shit. I'm like, wow, that's OG poorly made police memes. That's you, like, do you have it right like, now? Almost, you should send it yeah, to me. I have, I'm literally looking at it right now. Yeah. Uh, send it to me. I'll make it the, uh. I usually put a meme with the podcast or I've been trying to, I'll make it the podcast meme. That was it's it's, I shared this fucking three or four years ago. Well, if it It was was four years ago, you're a time traveler. All right, let's see what we got here. Three years ago today. I shared this meme. Oh man, this is a good one. Yeah. This is is a good one. Um, I remember when that, that, that template was trending too. 
Yeah, it's, uh, I'm kind of surprised it had the short shelf life because that is a really good template. I might bring it back. Yeah, bring it back. Before we get into uh, talking about who you are and everything you do, I'm about to start drinking. Are you drinking right now? <laughs> I've already drank. I, uh, I went to a, a Friendsgiving earlier and I had beers and shit there and we ate, but I've already drank and I've got to... I got some something that's kind of evening me out now. Do you say eating you out now or eating you up now? Even even me out. Okay, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. So I got to talk about what I'm drinking. I have acquired unapologetic American whiskey from the Hideaway mm. Distillery, which I believe is out there in Oregon. Mm. And it's the Blue Line. So I'm... Uh, I was told about this and I am very excited to try it. I almost didn't even want to fucking open the bottle because the bottles, this whiskey might be too good to mix and Coke, but so I got to take a sip of this and see what we got going on here. Mm -hmm. Oh my, that is delicioso. That's good. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to taint it with Coke. Mm -hmm. So anybody up in Oregon, you, Oh, it has like kind of almost like a sweet aftertaste. Yeah. It's good shit. And then I try beers. I, I've been kind of off on the beers lately. I've been doing a lot of sober episodes. So I got to try a beer for you guys too. Because that's what is healthy is to drink whiskey and beer at the same time. And the beer I've got here today is the Exile, which uh, I don't even know where it's coming from. It's There's some chick on the can named Ruthie, apparently. And she looks like kind of a knockoff from, uh, God, what's that movie where they're John Travolta got his start and they're singing and dancing and... Grease. Fucking Grease, dude. Oh, geez. How do you not know that off the top of your head? You don't know what a fucking pinch hitter is, douchebag. Yeah, but I mean, that's like, okay. Like, you know what? Like, pinch hitter and fucking baseball. But Grease, that's like... I came up with it. That. That's like I a universal it. thing. All right. Well, anyway, um, I'm going to drink this. It's a golden lager it's from Des Moines, Iowa. And yes, I know it's called Des Moines. Calm down. It's okay. No one cares. You'll be all right. It's weird. I'm not it's saying it's bad, yeah, but it's, I don't know what I was expecting, but it's not what I expected, but I'll finish it. So that's a plus because I've had lots of bad beers on this podcast. Ooh, All right. That's risky. Well, I, I don't know. I feel like it, I don't know if it actually brings entertainment value. Maybe I need to make that my next poll question on the podcast is well, if anyone well, gives a fuck what I'm drinking. Well, I'll say, I think that given our professions i think we should know that the shittier the beer the wild more wild like things will go like if i'm just like crashed out drunk on some disgusting like natty lights or something like that then uh you know it's gonna be a wild night you know what i mean yeah like they say nothing good happens after midnight but everything that happens after some natty light is gonna be terrible you might have a fucking felony on your record after that yeah that's real i mean <laughs> the uh, the official beer, not that part, but the official beer of the uh, Spanish DUI is Modelo. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm Spanish. Oh, I thought you were. You're one hundred percent right. <laughs> no, you're one hundred percent right. Though. It really um, is. Yeah. I, I I I we have a we have an area in the section where I work where there's a you know everybody has a very high percentage of a Spanish community, I guess. And I don't know how to say that right. Where there's a large Spanish community, they're a little shit based. You know it's what? Okay. We're not saying anything untruthful. We, I think we're right. Fine. And 
but I know when I show up and I see like broken Modelo bottles, bottles in the front, like it's about to fucking go down. Yeah, they're fucking. It's like the elixir that fucking Vikings would drink before they they went off to you know fucking raid and pillage or whatever. You know what's weird about Modelo is somebody told me, somebody once told me, man, that makes me think of the Killer song, but <laughs> I can't get that fucking song in my head now, but. Somebody told me that Modelo is like the Sprite of beer. And I thought that was really weird. But then I thought about it after drinking it. I'm like, it kind of is. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah. And so it's like such a mellow beer. I'm surprised people get all wild, you know? Yeah, well, and I mean, I don't know what it is, but like it's different beers giving in different like moods. It may just be like a branding thing. Like, I, I don't know. Like it's just, like it's all the same shit, but I'm just more willing to do crazy shit when I drink cheaper beers. I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean that makes David, sense. I, I feel like getting the uh you're going down to the fancy uh what do they call them? Like the brewery tap brewery places, right? Where they have the fucking brewery in the bar. You're gonna right. be like, I don't know, decent about it. But if you're gonna go down to the right. fucking honky tonk. And drink a bunch of fucking bush lattes. Right. Exactly. That's yeah, exactly. I'm going to be get fucking rowdy. Like I'm going to be, I'm going to act out to the point where I'm going to imagine Patrick Swayze is just going to kick me in the fucking gut to roadhouse. stop me what I'm doing. Exactly. He's just going to fucking roadhouse my ass. And, uh, but versus if I go to like a, the more of those like nicer bars and everything like that, like I make sure I don't act out. But if I go to like some fucking, shithole bar i'm normally just i normally i'm like at some point i'm like willing to risk my career just so i can fucking have a good time so i don't know you might need to edit that out but whatever no fuck it it's fine yeah well we'll just let let it ride let it ride no i I know exactly what you're saying it's sometimes it's hard being a cop you know you're in those moments and in different situations and like i'll equate mine to hockey I've been to bars and I'm like, oh, I want to fuck this guy up. And I'm like, all right, well, hold on a second. I'm an adult. I would get arrested and I would arrest people for this. So I'm not going to do that. But hockey, man, hockey, that's the thing. You fucking fight in hockey. And there's been so many times where I wanted to fucking retaliate. And I'm like, I can't do it. Yeah. It's not worth my career. Yep. It's and not. like, and even, even on that, like, so I'm all for like, you know, like all, all fucking shitbaggery aside, I'm just like I, I really don't really fucking, you know, act like shit in public or anything like that. But you know what I always take into consideration is like how how many people that we deal with that were like, all right, let's just get them a ride home and get them out of here. You know what I mean? They were just like, all right, he's gonna be okay. He's just fucking acting up. Versus whenever it's like a cop who does it and like supervision will act like it's the end of the world. Like, oh my fucking god, they got into a fight. Or they're doing this or they're drunk in public or something like that. And there's a difference between bringing shame to the profession and bringing shame to your department and just, you know, being a little rowdy. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I, I know what you're saying. Me, I've, yeah, I'll go ahead. I think that we, we take this, this higher standard concept and sometimes we portion to the point where we literally just burn ourselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. especially with the kind of things that we deal with you know i'm all for like saying like hey you you are a servant of the public and you need to you know kind of toe the line sometimes 
but I think that we should also kind of balance that with, I guess, more discretion when it comes to the types of behaviors we're willing to tolerate. You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking about asking I'm a little shit based, but I'm just saying. Yeah, I kind of get what you mean. I mean, I know that if I want to get quote unquote rowdy, the, I'm going to just drink with my brothers. Right. And it's, I, it's safe. It's not, I'm not going to get in trouble. And right. I know I'm a hothead sometimes when I'm drunk. And I've got stories about, you know, wanting to fight like a hundred people at a concert once for something yeah. stupid. So, and that was well before I was a cop, I, you know, young and dumb kind of thing, but you know, yeah. we've all been there. It is tough though. Cause that whole let's humanize the badge, but then we also can't be assholes too. So I think I get what you're saying where there's a balance. I don't know what that yeah. stand is though. That's, yeah, that's a tough that, one. We'll, we'll definitely figure it out in time, but like, it's like, I'm not saying that we should, you know, let fucking cops go for bar fights, but I think that things that we would let a regular civilian go for that we should extend that same courtesy to each other. You know what I mean? Like if I'm, if I'm going to extend this courtesy to a respectful civilian, I should extend it to a respectful colleague who just made a mistake. You know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah. I, I get what you're saying. I mean, were you, I don't know why that, that. We, we got, we got deep there. Yeah. We did get deep, not as deep as your mom, but yeah. Oh God. Hey, Oh, I, you brought up something I, I want to talk about, which is bar fights. And I'll be interested to see what kind of shit I get from my comments on it. And I've had some people like good friends that I've had disagreements with bar fights. Some people see like a bar fight, like it's not a big deal. Just let them, you know, let them get up, you know, knock the dust off each other, shake hands and go the other way. I kind of disagree with that in, in my rationale. And you tell me if I'm wrong, but you're in a public place, you're acting like an idiot, you know, it got so bad that somebody needed to call the cops there should be a certain standard of, you know, how we act in society. Right. You know, taking it outside and getting into a fight in the parking lot. I don't know. I feel like we should be behind that. Don't get me wrong. I want to, I've been that guy wanting to get in fights, but I don't think we should be like striving for that. Like, I think if you get in a bar fight, you know, the cops have to come and break it up. You're either going to jail or getting a ticket or whatever. Like, I don't think it's a, yeah, eh, whatever. It's I not could... a big deal. I could definitely agree with that. Um, I, I would always, I would put it in the context of severity. How bad did it get? Like, are people fucking, was it a knockdown drag out? There's people bleeding and shit. There's broken stuff in the bar. Or was it like, you know, punch, punch. Hey, all right, let's stop. Got broken up. Um, yeah, I agree with I, that. It is about context would, of how bad the fight yeah, is. Yeah, I would definitely, you know, and, and that's my thing is that with everything we do, there's a certain level of discretion that I will put into the context of the situation. And so depending on how bad things are, I would say I would weigh the response. So like if I get there and it's like, you know, they already broken up the fight and mind you, I haven't been on patrol for uh, a little over a year now. And, but like I'm saying, like, you know, if we're not, we're not still fighting. Some witnesses have left. The reporter doesn't really want to talk, make contact with us because they don't want to be seen as a snitch. Um, and both parties are like, hey, it was just a fight. We're willing to walk away from this and sign waivers. Yeah, I'll, I'll let that go. But if I get there and someone's fucking faces caved in and there's broken shit everywhere, hell yeah. Click, clack, get in the back, bitch. You're going to jail. Act like shit, get treated like shit. Um, and that's <laughs> click, clack. And that's definitely not, right. It was just <laughs> definitely not in the context that I, I was thinking as far as like, you know, discretion. But no, like if you're if you're fucking acting like, 
absolute dog shit and you just beat the shit out of somebody you want to fight somebody man I'll fucking fight me let's roll like that's fucking bullshit I'll definitely scoop a bitch up for something like that makes sense yeah so let's talk let's talk about you a little bit man so you're you're Florida man right you're a cop out there right so I'm a I'm a homicide detective but I, I've been a patrol deputy out here I've been a a property slash violent crimes detective and now i'm a homicide detective um and i've been on the job now for been on the job for around five years now and um i'm i was i worked very hard to get where i am right now i work for a very respectable agency um and it's not like, you know, the, my, I think to, to my detriment is the short amount of time that it took for me to get where I'm at, um, because some sometimes people don't really take me too seriously or um, they just think, you know, oh, well, I mean, he's just a, a young kid doing this kind of job when I'm generally surrounded by people who have a lot more time on, in, on the job than I do. You know what I mean? Especially in the unit that I'm in, there's a lot more seasoned detectives but like i said before like i worked very hard to get where i am right now and and in florida everybody uh has lost their fucking mind here recently and uh it's nothing but bath salts meth methamphetamine fentanyl and crazy shit that happens every day so we're always on the news for one thing or another the uh florida is kind of like the land opportunity for cops though right because papa DeSantis takes care of y'all right Oh, fucking Daddy DeSantis. You're goddamn right. He went and cut us fucking bonus checks for being first responders. And I know, I don't know the exact criteria, but I know that law enforcement got them, uh, like fucking firefighters, EMTs, and even fucking school teachers, dude. They got they got a fucking first responders check bonus. And a lot of people were like, oh, because they're kind of iffy with it. But um, as far as the criteria that it met, and I'll say I got my check. So that's really all I care about. You know, it was nice to get like a thank you for working through COVID and shit like that. And, you know, like it wasn't like you take like these other northern states where they're like enforcing fucking lockdown quarantines and shit like that. We didn't really do that here. We did have like a, a, uh, I think like a quarantine order that was put into effect, but no one was being like an asshole about it. You know what I mean? And I think that that is to our benefit because a lot of these other Northern agencies, they're very divided already with their communities and because of everything that's going on in the United States right now, but you add on Wait, top of it. There's some stuff going on in the United States right you're now. You're goddamn right. There is. Are you they, fucking they, Heisenberg or what? Yeah. yeah that's the I'm second sorry. one you've dropped. Yeah. I'm sorry. Jesse, lot, let's cook. Yeah. Jesse, let's cook. I am the one who knocks, but. <laughs> but no dude i'm telling you man um in florida and in, in especially in our like our rural areas and a lot of our even our urban areas there's a lot more unity between our law enforcement and our actual communities some cities like you know, like miami dade and fucking miami tampa jacksonville i mean i don't want to be like an asshole or anything like that but um some of those communities don't really mesh well with their law enforcement um but you get these other departments that, without saying too many, that have great relationships 
with their communities. And, and, and not to say that the ones I said before don't have good relationships. I'm sure that they do. But what my example that I always bring up is you look whenever the, uh, the, the riots that were happening recently, um, some departments, they had to have their riot teams out for weeks, weeks, weeks out there just fucking trying to stop lootings, trying to stop um, robberies, batteries, burglaries, all the stuff that was happening during those riots. And other departments, maybe a day, if that, you see what I'm saying? Oh yeah. And that's that I think is relatively unique to Florida is that after about like a week and change, everything kind of stopped versus like Portland had the chop zone for almost over a month or whatever. I don't know. But all these other communities in these northern states had issues for several months after the whole uh, George Floyd incident took place. Versus we really only had an issue for a week-ish, maybe a little bit more in some other areas. But, and, and to follow up with that, you know, we had the backing of our governor and people don't really understand like how important that is because the federal government, eh, you really don't interact with them on a daily basis, but your state and your local government, you're interacting with them daily, if not monthly, no matter what. And especially your 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 local and your city governments, your county governments, stuff like that. And if you can't have a good relationship with those level of governments, then you're not going to be able to do your job, especially as law enforcement. You're not going to be able to do your job yeah. because if we don't have the support coming from, we obviously serve the people, but the entities elected by the people that we serve. Um, if we don't have their support, then quite frankly, we have no job to do because we're doing it wrong at that point. Yeah, that's why I left um, Colorado, dude. Is that exact shit? Yeah, and and I, and you know I talked about this before. Um, I I am a big big, and you know, and I talk to like uh, a lot of the other meme pages also. Like we we all are tend to be many philosophers on how we we interpret what modern day law enforcement should be like, and I cannot stress Florida and the departments down here in Florida are pretty much an example of how law enforcement should be whenever it comes to serving the people. And I, I'm not, I'm going to say that with, you know, a grain of salt also, because obviously nobody's perfect. And by, by there's my department is not perfect, but I would rather work here in an environment where I know that the compute, these communities legitimately appreciate what we're doing. And we're also backed by ours you know, local and state governments, I'd rather work here than work at another place where it's just, you know, they're talking about defunding us or they blame us for something that happened six, seven states away from us. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And, that shit gets old. And, and, right. And I'm not going to say like, you know, every county government in Florida is perfect because it's not every city government in, in Florida is not perfect. Um, whether they're Democrat or, or Republican, but I'm just going to say that there's a lot of maneuverability and um, despite, you know, pay is kind of difficult to compete with Northern States because they work on a tax base. Um, that's a lot higher than ours. They have, they have crazy um, state income taxes and stuff like that and property tax rates that are very high. So they have a higher budget to play with, but I would rather, like I said, I'd rather make less money and live comfortably and, but work for an agency that's legitimately going to support me and have my back when something happens um versus you know make a lot of money and work for an agency that's literally going to hang me out to dry 
And I, I think you and I were, were friends during the whole um, Atlanta PD protest. Oh, yeah. And I think we talked about that then. Like, you know, they, they made arrests on, uh, not an arrest, um, they suspended, right, those two uh, Atlanta PD officers. No, they got charged, and, dude. Did they charge them? That they charged those guys? Uh, oh, yeah. It was a while ago. I don't remember off the top of my head. Oh, yeah. Those um, dudes are going through the court system right now. Yeah, but you see, and that's ridiculous, you know, and and my issue is, is that, and that's, and that's, again, where I was talking about before about this higher standard, that we have allowed um, certain unsupportive political figures to create this narrative where law enforcement is held to this godlike standard, basically, like, you can't fart the wrong direction without being like, oh, well, we got to we got to drag him in by his ankles and fucking put him through the fucking machine and see what we can do to charge him or anything like that. You see what I'm saying? Like, no, it, but it, here's, it, here's it, the issue with all that yeah. is it's yeah. the people. And, and I want to touch back on some of the things you said before, but yeah, sorry. I got ran a little No, you, you did, but it's cool, dude. The fucking thing about that shit is, you know, maybe cops did it a little to themselves by not speaking up, but I'm t- my, I will fucking put this on my gravestone. The, Fucking administrators over the last five, ten years that have allowed this type of shit to happen. They've rolled over when anything has come up instead of standing up and saying, hey, look, this didn't look good, but these cops were right because they're a bunch of fucking pansies and they're scared of their own goddamn shadow and they're not fucking leaders. And that is what, look, cops have done some dumb shit over the last five, ten years. And sometimes we... I say that with a grain of salt. I'm not a cop, obviously, but sometimes, you know, we are our own worst enemy because we do dumb fucking shit. But then right. we have these things where cops are a hundred percent in the right, and administrators because they're scared or they don't want to stand up to the quote unquote woke mob, they'll just let this shit go. At what cost? I saw something where Austin PD is being hailed as this like, oh, they're doing great with reforming police work. Their homicides are up. They have 30 more homicides than their record, and the year's not over. What well, about the 30 extra people in the fucking ground? These people are fucking insane. Right. Well, I mean, and, and if you look at, and not to, to bash the the, uh, the detectives that are working out there, but look at how Chicago PD, how they close out their homicides, and like how they, and their, their homicide rate, like how many shootings that they have. And, I, and it honestly, it comes to a point where I, where I genuinely kind of feel bad for the people who are working there. And not just there, but like other other agencies where they're working with a crazy homicide rate, uh, a community and a government that doesn't support them. And on top of that, a, a jail system that's absolutely full. They, they're, they're, they're overflowing with people at some points. And a court system that refuses to hold people accountable. Like their state attorney's office, or I don't know what they have up there, I'm sure it's the state attorney's office, but you know, they're letting people go for, for heinous crimes, not char- not following through with charges, the holding people accountable. And it's a constant cycle. And, but you see what I'm saying is like, you know, when we handcuff our law enforcement and don't have the cooperation from the local government, you have a community that literally lives in, in, in violence. Yeah. And oh, that's absolutely. what I'm saying down here. And in Florida, I don't know how long it'll stay like this. I'm sure. I'm sure one day will come because all the people moving down here, that we will we will deal with um, more. I don't really want to use the word liberal, um, but 
I'm going to have to at this point, really more, more liberal style approach when it comes to law enforcement. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. I'm trying not to make this a political discussion, but here's the thing is I I try, I try to avoid politics on the podcast. You know, we listen to make dick jokes and all that shit, but I mean, if for the most part, if you're a cop, I think you have to understand these things. And if you're a cop and you don't see how that works, I don't know what to tell you. Right. And, and, and this is my thing is that, and I've, I've always been so, um, I'm, I've always been a bit more of a libertarian and it, it sounds a little odd to hear to say that, but I'm a genuinely, I'm a genuine believer in the constitution, the rights that people have, and that we should have a smaller government, um, that doesn't really affect people's day-to-day lives as much as it does right now. Um, that's like, just like, you know, kind of scratching the surface a lot a lot of my personal philosophies and beliefs but to be in law enforcement and to kind of see the things that we see whether you're a democrat or republican a liberal or conservative a fucking bucket of water or whatever who gives a shit you kind of you kind of figure things out on your own but you know like hey this is right this is wrong you know what i mean like you just kind of figure out like you know these these the welfare state that's established and the kind of crime that is committed there then versus wealthier individual individuals and the crimes that they commit um especially living like working like like nicer richer more wealthy communities like the kind of crime that goes on in there because there's there's something that's going to always be absolute is that shit's going to happen and it happens to rich people it happens to poor people white people black people spanish people happens to everybody and I think that when it comes to being in law enforcement, no matter where you sit politically, you have to have a scale of right versus wrong, and you have to balance it. Because sometimes something is legal and you have to let it go, versus there's something that's illegal that shouldn't be, and you have to make an arrest. And you see what I'm saying? And you kind of have to you know, use discretion and see, see what it is that what kind of what kind of law enforcement that you law enforcement officer you want to be but i don't know we're, we're, we're getting way off topic here for what i think we, we wanted to start talking yeah. about but no you're um, you brought up some, yeah. some fucking valid points i did want to talk about yeah. something that you brought up a little bit earlier it was the enforcing the covid lockdowns some of the yeah. northern states i can't i don't want to get too deep into that because i can't speak for other places but I feel like there's kind of this misinformation out there that there's actually from the police department, they're actually enforcing a lockdown. Now I, I cannot speak for other States. So if somebody works somewhere and they, that's actually a cop, cause I get comments all the time from people that aren't cops that, Oh, they're doing this and that, which here's what will happen is somebody will be like, I went to Seven Eleven and I didn't want to wear my mask. And so they called the cops on me. Well, right. they called the cops on you because they probably told you to leave and you're trespassing. And so right, that's exactly. how the cops, that's how the cops get involved we'll get in that. that. It's yeah. not, you know, you're, you're, you're skipping a step. You know, I had those type of calls when I was still on the job where, you know, the state puts on these fucking mandates to these businesses like, Hey, and so the businesses are fucked because if they are found in not compliance, you know, they could lose their business license. Right. So they're like, hey, dude, can you just wear a mask while you're in the business? And they're like, he's like, no, fuck you. And so they had to call us. He wasn't in trouble because he 
because I mean, technically he was, but like the legal issue was the trespassing issue. So now if somebody, you know, in a different state can give me some guidance on that, but I, there wasn't, it wasn't against the law. It was basically like, and when I say law, I mean, not something enforceable by the police department. It's not a law, not a government. Were you guys like doing citations or whatever? For like trespassing on shit like that? Yeah. Uh, Occasionally. Most people, you could just talk to them and, you know, they'd calm down. There was one dude that was like a huge asshole about it that I actually had to charge, but um, I didn't want to. I kept, I don't know if I can say it because it was kind of recently and I don't know if it's gone through the court system, but it was pretty ridiculous. You know, it was basically like, Hey dude, you know, it was a certain business. And I was like, Hey dude, they asked you to leave. You you know, you're, they're saying you're yelling and cussing at them. I get, you don't want to wear mask mask. And he's like, well, I have health reasons. I'm like, okay, but so go somewhere else. And he's like, all right. Right. And and I definitely, I definitely agree with that. But then he came back by the way. That's why I ended up charging him because he said he, he's, I had to go to a hot call. And I was like, you're going to leave, right? And he's like, yeah, I'll leave. And then he came back and was doing the same shit. So, Yeah, no, you, you could take the ride for that. And this is my thing is that I, I like I said before about discretion, um, I think that we should be given more discretion and some protection also from our, our, from our agencies and from some liabilities. Because, you know, like there's some situations where I walk up and I'm like, honestly, these people look like they could just walk away from this. You know what I mean? And if we don't give people the chance to, you know, try to do the right thing, then we're just going to be more of a totalitarian branch of government. If we're, if every time we show up and someone goes to jail, people are just going to stop calling us. You know what I mean? And, and, and I understand there are circumstances where we have to fucking drag a bitch out by his hair um, or her hair. So there's also situations where we can just kind of tell people to go home. You know what I mean? And yeah. let them walk away from it because it's better to be pissed off than pissed on sometimes. And I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't. I would pour myself another one. So we're gonna see how this goes. I have a little fucking gentleman Jack. Oh uh, yeah, that is some good shit. Yeah, I'm. Do. I got conflicted on that sometimes, and I would go back and forth because sometimes, and I think this really depends where you work, because you know you could talk to ten different cops from ten different places, and they'd have kind of a different idea on that. I agree with your stance that we should not be like out arresting everybody for everything. I, I agree with that, but I do think, and I guess it, do, it doesn't apply anymore depending on where you work, but I just felt like there was shit we didn't do enough about to clean it up. For instance, you have a bad area, start fucking writing people tickets for open containers, shit like that, little shit like that, you know, leave a coupon. So if they're acting up, they'll, they're not going to go to court. They're going to have a warrant. You know, right. where like I get the whole we don't want to be a totalitarian. Totalitarian. I can't say it because I'm drunk. Uh, totalitarian. I got thank you. you. We totalitarian. There we go. Government. I get that, but at the same extent, there are parts of town where businesses can't operate because there's just assholes oh, abs- everywhere. Absolutely. So there's they're, that. They're... Like, you know, here's the thing: is if people want to be safe and secure. That means you have to let the cops do their job. And if you're like, oh, well, we shouldn't be writing them a ticket for this or that. Okay, we won't. But then don't get mad when no one comes to shop at your businesses because right. they don't want to fucking step over people to get inside. You're, you're right. And again, I would always fall back on there has to be balance. Because um, if we tip the scales too far in either direction, it's just, it's just chaos one way or the other. 
Agreed. And I definitely agree with you. There has to be, and and you know what? Um, did you ever watch that fucking uh, Netflix documentary about Flint, Michigan, Flint Town? I did not, but tell oh, me, about dude, it. it's actually really good because it takes place like during the whole. I think it's like a little bit after the whole um, water crisis that they had, um, and the cops that they have on there. Um, you, you really get a lot of perspective because you get some some more conservative cops, you get some more um, more like Democrat leaning cops or, or left leaning cops. Then you got FTOs, you got reserve volunteer captains, shit like that. Um, and it was in 2018 that this documentary was dropped, and it's almost like cops kind of they kind of follow them around a little bit. And um, but anyways. During the show, they have a new chief of police come in, and this is legit. This is a fucking legit. They're following around legit cops, and um, they have a new chief of police coming in. Is during the Flint water crisis. You know what I'm talking about, right? Where the yeah, I know. Were, I know what that's about. Yeah, right. And they're they're basically being poisoned and shit. Um, for the listeners who aren't fucking up to date, Google that shit because it is terrible to be a cop in a community where you basically can't drink the water and like to add on top of everything that was going on with all kinds of issues involving communities having an opposition against their law enforcement agency now add the fact that they can't drink water to it that's basically what this fucking documentary is and um anyways so their new chief of police comes into play and he creates their proactive unit i think it's called like the cat squad or something like that um community attack target some solutions i don't know something cat squad are you serious it's called the fucking cat squad i swear to god and they had the biggest motherfuckers in their department on it you gotta watch it dude because these dudes they're fucking swole as fuck and they're chasing down like their pro their uh their you know community targets that you know burglary suspects robbery suspects warrants and shit like that and the chief's philosophy was like listen no matter how bad it gets you're not going to be able to combat your crime rate unless you have proactive law enforcement and he's totally right when he says that if you're not out there you know preventing crime or getting actually going after the people who are committing those crimes you're and you're constantly reacting to things after the fact you are never going to see a change in your crime rate and you're never going to improve the quality of life of your community. And I always say this. And that's like what that, you know what? And I mean, to cut you off, but that's what it's all about. Right. Right. That, I mean, you hit it right out of the fucking ballpark. I got to work on yeah. my baseball analogies. I'm going to yeah, fucking we're, kill we're you just, with them. We're, we're but, fucking going with them. Yeah. But seriously, we're supposed to be making the community better. That's what we're supposed right. to do. And look. Absolutely. Cops should, you know, we've talked about it. Cops should absolutely be held accountable. But when a mm. cop does something that looks bad, just because it looks bad doesn't mean it's bad. We need to be out there in front explaining like, yeah, that looked bad, but this is why it happened. There's right. never any of that. Right. Right. And that's my thing. Like, sometimes you got to slap a bitch around. And I'm saying like in a fight. Um, and everybody's like, oh, we should have tased them. We should have this. We should have that. Tasers, they're a terrific instrument. But they don't always work. And nope. and same with the spray, same with like um, OC spray, pepper sprays, stuff like that. Uh, again, they're a terrific instrument. I fucking hate them, but they don't always work. And 
people are so afraid to get into a knockdown fight. And sometimes I'm not saying you need to go blow for blow for somebody because eventually you'll lose those, but we cannot be afraid to get into fights with people and, you know, ensure compliance because quite frankly, I'm not saying that that we want to encourage deputies and, and officers to go out there and just beat the shit out of everybody. That is not what I'm saying. What I am saying though, is that you as a deputy or or an officer, you're going to encounter someone who is not afraid of the badge and who is not afraid of the gun. And they're going to beat your ass. They're going to take some of the gear off of your belt and they're going to use it against you. And if I'm not saying you specifically, but you know what I mean. And if you're not mentally and physically prepared to endure such an encounter, then you're, you're, it's just, you need to find another job. And my issue with that is that that is the reality of what law enforcement can be like. It is great. I love seeing community outreach. As much as I talk shit about like a coffee with a cop, I talk shit about the fucking lunch, lunch days that we do and shit like that. But I would rather have, you know, the attempt to have a good relationship with our community. I love that shit, but that is not real law enforcement. Real law enforcement happens in shitty trailers on shitty calls with shitty people in shitty situations and you help those people you see what i'm saying and in those situations there are always going to be somebody who is pure fucking evil who's going to try to fight you who's going to try to kill you and i don't know we're, we're getting way down to fucking um tangent here but my point uh, is, i don't give a shit let's fucking if, go with it yeah let's fucking run it my you know, point here... is that if, you, if your department is too afraid for deputies to get into a fight with somebody and win that fight and do whatever they have to do to win that fight, then your department is wrong. You need to drop an application for a department down here in Florida where they're going to let you fucking be a cop, where they're going to let you go out there and actually serve your community and help your community and cut out evil people and throw them in fucking jail and make sure they stay in jail. And, and that's my thing. So DeSantis actually has an initiative that he's doing where they're trying to give bonuses to officers to and, and and deputies to come from out of state to come down here to do our equivalency of training and work for a a local department you see what i'm saying and and a lot of people interpreted that as oh well, we're just going to get shitty deputies that got fired from these other agencies and not that i know the exact criteria off the top of my head but that's quite quite frankly that's bullshit there are cops out there that still want to hold the line they still want to help a community out, help other people who can't help themselves. And the only thing that I see that is happening is that these other agencies, they're alienating them. And we're, we're the last of the fucking Mohicans. We cannot let this happen. And we have to create a safe haven for law enforcement. And if it's not going to be Florida, then it needs to be somewhere else, fucking Texas or some shit. Oh, I think but right now, right. Well, well yeah, let, let, let me, too. let me bring up a couple points though. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, go ahead. No, you're good, dude. Two points. Point one is sometimes de-escalation is dumping someone before they can fight you. Right. And we've gotten so far away from that that guys are getting waiting way too long to get into fights where the situation just spirals out of control. You can quickly end an encounter with proper, proper training. Quickly. Painlessly. Well, maybe not. not. Maybe not painlessly, but you can quickly end it without no one getting seriously injured. And that comes down to training. And, you know, obviously we got to defund the cops and give them video training instead of actual hands-on fucking training that we need. 
right, then exactly you know and but then the other part of it too is they're ugly using force is ugly and we need to start making it hey they fought with the cops or hey they resisted arrest let's make that great again let's stop <laughs> fucking pussy footing around this shit and it was make it's ass like whooping great again look I, I've said this like 400 times on this podcast, but the run tax, that's not in the Fourth Amendment. Okay, so I, I don't believe in excessive force or anything like that. But if you want your cops to be taken care of, you have to allow them to do their jobs. It's not going to look pretty. And here's what's going to happen. Line of duty deaths are up this year. That's because of COVID, right? There's a lot of COVID things. We're not going to get into that. But right. and look. It's a thing. Go fucking go to the line of duty page. There's like a ton of cops that have died of COVID this year. But right, right. You're right. Here's here's what's gonna happen though, is over the next couple of years, cops are gonna be fucking afraid of their shadow because they don't want to be the next news story. They don't want to get in trouble. They're not going to use force when they should use force, and they're gonna get hurt and killed. And the blood is on these fucking woke mobsters. Mobsters. I don't know what I'm gonna call them. The the fucking woke mob. And all these fucking shitbag politicians and shitbag admin cops dying because they're afraid to do their job is their fucking fault. And I wish they were the ones having to pay the price, not these guys that are out here trying to do the best for their fucking communities. And they're going to be hung out to dry. Right. And and here's my thing is that especially in all uh, we'll, we'll, without getting too deep into the stuff, I really kind of want to talk about what happened afterwards after the whole George Floyd thing happened. You saw all these agencies scrambling. I'm telling you, scrambling to to try to be like, get ahead of it and say, oh, well, we stand with you guys. We this, we that. And talking about their, their uh, specifically more of their black communities. And here's my thing. You show your communities who you stand by, by having your community a safe environment for them to express themselves. And when I say that, I'm like, you know, if if you really support, you know, like, let's say let's say impoverished African American communities or Black communities, um, we're saying like, hey, we're going to show that we support those communities. Why not help that community by making it a safe neighborhood, making them safe areas, proactively, you know, making arrests in their areas, and, and or not arresting people, you know, for petty shit, but like legitimately getting rid of people who take advantage of that type of community and uh, what's the word, victimize them. That's what we're looking for. Make them yeah. into victims of crimes. That's how you show you, you support a community. By, by taking the bad of it and leaving nothing but the good. And same with all of it. And my issue is like, you know, the whole George Floyd thing happened. All these uh these chiefs of police and these mayors, they all went out there and they were kneeling with uh, protesters saying like, oh yeah, we're on your side. We support you, yada, yada. And quite frankly, that has nothing to fucking do with the issue. That has nothing to do, what happened there has nothing to do with what's going on at your department. You see what I'm saying? That department has an issue, but your department has nothing to do with it. No one gives a shit that you're a fucking mayor of some podunk fucking city and you went outside and knelt with protesters. Because all those fucking communities, you know what happened the next, as soon as the sun went down? There's riots, looting, burning shit down and everything like that. And quite frankly, all it did was help divide law enforcement from their actual communities themselves. And whenever, I'm not saying that we should, shouldn't support these types of communities and everything like that, but our, our leaders went about it the wrong way. And 
didn't have that issue in my area. My leaders did not do that. Um, but my, 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 I just, I just lose so much respect for what I considered to be respectable agencies and respectable departments. Um, whenever they tried to stick their nose in something that really, quite frankly, has nothing to do with them. Our deputies and our officers aren't fucking kneeling on people and shit like that. And in, to, in, in the context of which those people were upset about. Now, you know, I think argue- that it's I think it speaks to a bigger thing, though, a, a bigger issue with our society. And I'm not disagreeing with any of the points you made. Your cops didn't do anything wrong. Right. Your cops didn't exactly. do anything That's wrong. Exactly. But everybody, like everybody on a certain side, basically, anytime they saw a uniform, you're you're Derek Chauvin. Right. And. I mean, that's just, that's how things have gotten is everything's tied into everything. I mean, look at every single major issue in the United States. Everything is divided 50-50 based on your politics. No one will look at things for what they actually fucking are. Like, look, we can talk about the Rittenhouse thing. It's a little, by the time this episode comes out, it's like a week ago or so. But look. In my opinion, I don't know if you agree with me, you know, he's there, he's, you know, protecting the the car wash or whatever the fuck, or it's not a car wash, it's like a, a car dealership, and there's people being assholes there. He's 17 years old, he's out of his element, he shouldn't have been there. I right. think as a parent, if my 17-year-old, granted he's almost 18, I wouldn't want him there with a fucking rifle right. around his, his shoulder, okay? Right, right. Did he have a right to be there? That I mean, I guess that's debatable because I, I think there was some he got charged with having a gun and they threw it out because the law was the law didn't make sense, I guess. So they threw out the charge. Right. But so if you know, you say that to some people, and they're like, oh, man, Rittenhouse, he's a goddamn patriot. We should put him on the Statue of Liberty, you know, yeah. shit like that. <laughs> right. Or let's put him on Mount Rushmore, not to stereotype people. But then if you go into like, OK, well, that's I think that. But here at the bottom line, though, is that dude chased him down. What was he supposed to do? Let that guy take his right. gun and shoot him? And, and, th- and, that's and you're defending a pedophile, by the way. You're fucking defending a pedophile. Right, exactly. And, and both of the, the quote-unquote victims of Kyle Rittenhouse are definitely not fucking victims. Um, and, and and this is my thing. You can argue back and forth as much as people want, you know, if he should or shouldn't have been there. And that's a question of personal morality. And because, quite frankly, we as individuals – really can't tell other parents how to parent um, despite how dumb that they, they, they can be. Um, but whenever you look at it from a scope of legal responsibility, he was in the right. He did everything. He, 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 he was, didn't do anything really illegal. And that's why you saw the result that you saw. That's why we see a not guilty verdict. And um, everyone wants to argue, Oh, well, if he was, if he was black, he would have been killed there. If he was black, he would have been charged. And I would argue that with, you know, look at how many people of the black community and who have been charged with crimes like that, that have been straight up acquitted. And I mean, I could sit here and pull them up on my phone left and right. I could start with fucking one baby. <laughs> That's one right there. Um, and go down the list. But anyways, um, a lot of these celebrities and stuff that have committed crimes like that are, are get let go, but no one ever really wants to talk about that. No one really wants to talk about how, you know, the scale of justice is, completely fair and despite how it's not perfect it's definitely not perfect i do believe that there are definitely innocent people that have gone to prison before uh, because i'm not naive but 
I think that we as Americans have the best opportunities for legitimate and pure justice to prevail with the way that our judicial system is established and set up. Um, we have the best chance on, you know, having a fair decision be made. And I think that Kyle Rittenhouse, you know, had his day in court and was let go. And, you know, actually, you know how we talked about here locally was uh, some, of, some of the guys I work with. You, let's take, you know, this imaginary person, Mike. Depending on what Mike is charged with, a lot of people kind of assume their guilt no matter what. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And before even any trial or anything like that, before evidence is presented, depending on what they're charged with, a lot of people just immediately start assuming that they're guilty. And it's difficult. Um, and, you know, I, I, in this argument, went to an extreme. It was like, you know, well, let's say we charge Mike with a, with a sex crime against a child, right? A lot of people are like, dude, that dude's a pedophile right off the bat. You know what I mean? Yep. And until they go to court and then they get their fair day in court and then let's say they're guilty or not guilty. Let's say they get a not guilty, right? No matter what, when Mike gets Googled and they see that he went into trial for a fucking sex against a child charge, like he's always going to have that mark on him. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that the media and our social media and mass media and fucking news media, all of it, have just tuned us to being so judgmental, I guess, is a good way of putting it. No, that makes sense. And and, and a lot of people, they judge Kyle unfairly. And as a lot of people have judged other people unfairly, and do innocent people go to jail or go to prison? I believe that there are people who have been in prison that are, are, that are innocent. You see people get exonerated all the time for like DNA. Um um, evidence that comes forward exonerating them from crimes they've committed um, but quite the on, on the opposite side of that I think that guilty people get away with crime all the time also so yeah. Oh, yeah. And to say that it only happens for white people or it only happens for people who are in the second amendment community or people who are republican it's just completely naive it's completely outrageous to think that because if you want to go and pull court records for every state attorney's office from across the fucking country, I guarantee that we're going to find an almost equal amount of people that know for shit that they really probably did. You see what I'm saying? Because no one's perfect. And the judicial system, though I believe is fair, it is not perfect. Um, yeah, but think, you know, these other countries, do you think people get a second chance or the ability to appeal? Or right. Oh, my DNA? God, dude. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, you know, and, and that's my thing is like, you know, I've, I just see how all justice goes in other countries where they don't even get really essentially a fair trial. They don't get representation. They don't, they don't have a right to remain silent or anything like that. Um, or even trials or anything like that. They'll sit in a jail for however long that the, their local government wants to before they even give them a day in court. And that day in court may take 10 minutes and they just fucking go outside back and execute them. And that's my issue is that we yeah, like the TV, have, the TVA court is pretty outrageous right exactly yeah exactly we fucking throw loki out the back and that's my thing though dude like we we as americans sit in what basically an ivory tower and we eat ourselves we eat our young and we just fucking keep clashing at each other's meanwhile 
there are people who are out there looking up at, at this ivory tower and they're like, we're going to fucking take that shit. And we want that for ourselves. And we just have these fucking kids today that are just so they're pussies, dude. <laughs> you know, I, I just, I just don't think people look, is everything perfect here? Obviously it's not, but I don't think we realize how good we have it here. And right, right. it could be taken away very quickly. And right. I don't know, we could be heading that way. I sometimes, and I hate this think this way because I have young kids and I don't want them to live in a war torn country. But I mean, are we watching the start of the fall of Rome? I think so. Right. Sometimes. Well, and, and it's so funny that you should say that because, um, so I, I come from a, family of uh, law enforcement and I have family that works for other departments also and we, we talk about it sometimes like you know when societies because a lot of us are not to say that I'm like some kind of fucking super genius I don't want to fucking jerk myself off here but well I mean we're, you, we're you made pretty, homicide detective in five years so you must be right right uh but we're, uh, we're, we're what I'm about to say is we're all relatively intelligent people and we dabble in history we dabble in the different um topics and focuses of study um so not to say that i'm an expert in anything because i am not an expert in anything uh, but i do consider myself a professional student um, and i'm constantly learning things anyways um my point is is that i have studied you know some some of these societies that have kind of risen and fallen and it always comes to points like this where we get very close to the edge and I think America gets close to the edge a lot, but we kind of back off from it. You see what I'm saying? But this is probably the closest to the edge I've seen, or I, like I would obviously, I haven't, I'm not too, I'm not very old, but we're pretty close to the edge, man. I'll be honest with you. We're, we're very divided, especially with COVID and everything like that, adding to a lot of uh, stress to individuals um, our current political climate, our current relationships with other countries. I'm worried that if we do get into some legitimate civil unrest, that um, you know some of these some of our enemies may take advantage of that and fucking invade. Like you never know. Russia, like one day we're on good books with them, the other day we're on bad books with them, and I don't know. Like if we if we legitimately got into a straight up knockdown drag out civil war. Like what, what happens afterwards? And you see in these other countries where civil wars take place that they'll have an established government that gets overthrown and then they'll have two or three different dictatorships that they have to overthrow afterwards. And there's a lot of chaos that's in, that ensues and that's good opportunities for stronger foreign entities to invade because of the chaos. You see what I'm saying? Oh yeah. And I don't know. That's We're getting very deep down the rabbit hole of just radical ideologies but and, but and, the, and my my thing is is that this Rome is like fell. the coast to coast version of the poorly made police podcast right yeah exactly <laughs> but rome, rome fell dude and every i'm sure those motherfuckers were like ah oh, no nah, we'll be fine fuck no that shit's gone now where's it at nowhere, nowhere. well let's talk about some happy stuff because you mentioned at the yeah. beginning of the podcast that you were at Friendsgiving, which I've never heard of until I saw like a meme or two today. <laughs> what the fuck is Friendsgiving? Okay, so um, for those of us who have friends, unlike you, um, we wow. sometimes go to gatherings. <laughs> That's and rough. 
Friendsgiving is like and Thanksgiving's more for like families and shit. But Friendsgiving is for friends to go and kind of get together and shit and do like their own little Thanksgiving thing. Okay, so I'll fucking tell you. So there's this girl in this in my friends group that I have the biggest fucking crush on, dude. It's freaking crazy. Oh yeah. She's stupid, freaking beautiful, super smart. Uh both of her parents were fucking cops also. And it, it's just like it's it's wild. It's crazy how fucking hot this girl is. Like, you know, what I think about it. Have have you seen the movie uh, She's Out of My League? Yeah, maybe. Okay, I think so, so. I'm like the fucking nerd in that movie, and this girl literally looks like the hot girl from that movie. Um, I forgot the actress's actual name, but she is really hot. Anyways, um, she's totally out of my league. But anyways, she's been dating this like goofball. He's like kind of lame, not very cool. None of my friends like him. Um, he's not like. I don't know. Like he just doesn't mesh well with the gang. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, when I met this girl, I had started um, my career as a homicide detective. And if there's any homicide detectives out there listening, they they know what I'm talking about when I say you basically have no time for shit. And I had made a decision. I was like, you know, I'm going to pursue establishing myself in in my career set before I really invest in a more of a relationship and anyways i didn't shoot my shot with this girl so now she has a boyfriend mm. uh, a, a, a a fucking tragedy anyways it is a tragedy so i hit up my friends and i'm like hey we're gonna do fucking friendsgiving this year and so we all get together at the house and shit like that we got turkey we fried a turkey i actually uh i went to mission barbecue bought a bunch of sides for us um, someone made monkey bread we had fucking beers and food and desserts all kinds of shit and we sat down and 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 honestly all all joking aside like it's really good for for mental health to kind of sit down with your friends and enjoy an evening together um especially if i was lucky that the phone didn't ring to come to work but i'm glad that it didn't um, because i really got to spend time with my friends and it's important for in any in any scale of this job of any however deep your toe is into the water uh you really got to take time to you know spend time with your friends and especially those who don't work in law enforcement so you can just have a a a true human moment to where you can kind of relax and shoot the shit and drink some cold fucking drinks oh anyways so what let me ask you this though man what's what's the origin of friendsgiving though like where did that come from uh i don't know i'm sure some white people put that together a long time ago and fucking uh, white people yeah dude they they just think of shit like that and sometimes it sticks sometimes it doesn't but um i've been going to friendsgiving events since i don't know last six seven years i've been i'd have my own like little friendsgiving and then i'd have to go to thanksgiving and yeah okay i'm gonna kick your ass if friendsgiving came from the show friends oh it better not uh, that's actually gonna bother me because I'm going to fucking laugh at you. I fucking hate Friendsgiving. Friendsgiving. Where's the origin? I don't know. It's a millennial thing, you fucking millennial fuck. Well, well it started... The it word started in 2007? Man. Yeah, that's what I got right here, 2007. Yeah. Oof, that was close. Um, it doesn't really yeah. say... Like, I'm not finding anything about, like, the origin of it. Like, I need... 
I need to I need to know. I, oh, I mean, it's not overtly complicated. It's like you know. Oh, well, I just want to know where where it got started. Yeah, I mean, it's meant more for like friends and shit versus like Thanksgiving's for like me and your. No, I like. I mean, honestly, the more days like that, the better. I mean. Now, no. as soon as this episode comes out, Hallmark's going to hear it and they're going to be like, oh, we can make cards. And yeah, then somebody's going to think of something else. Cards. And then there's going to be Friendsgiving. Like, we're going to have Friendsgiving decorations within a couple of years. So, yeah. well, Friendsgiving's a thing. And, and you know, and, and even though I had ulterior motives going to this one, so this girl, she brought her boyfriend. And this is the first time I had met him. So I had made it like my goal to like try to be as cool as possible. Um, but not be like an asshole or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, just be cool, be yourself, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And in my friend group, they were just kind of talking about how I like him and he's kind of an asshole. So I got to see it tonight, like on how they interacted and stuff. And I'm not like, you know, the king of fucking gentlemen or anything like that. I'm not a big ass simp, but also know that you don't really say certain things. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on a second. Being a gentleman makes you a simp? Well, no, there's, there's, there's like a, like a scale, I guess. There's like asshole, then there's kind of nice, and there's a gentleman, then there's way too nice, and then there's a fucking simp. You see what okay. I'm saying? Fair enough. So That's like fair. on the scale, I like to sit more towards uh, to kind of nice around there. I can be a dick sometimes. Um, and without being too much of a, a fucking nerd or anything like that, I just kind of was like, I engaged this, gauge the room a little bit. And I kind of put my feelers out on that dude, and I'm 100% going to try to steal his girlfriend one day. Not today, but one day. Uh, so become friends with him, and then it'll be the the plot from like, you know, Jesse's girl. Yeah, it's just a fucking E2 brute, and I fucking put the knife in his back. I don't know. Love triangles are always dangerous, so you got to be careful. Yeah, well, I'm hoping that this girl kind of figures out that this dude's kind of a douche. Um, but also, in the meantime, I'm not going to overly invest myself into a situation to where, where I don't want to like you know what's the word I'm looking for. I just want to get caught up in some simp shit. You know what I mean? Some simp shit. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I think those things. It sucks. Like, I mean, I've that's happened in my life. Granted, it's been a while since I've been married forever, but no, yeah. I know how that is. Where you, you basically feel like you're just kind of you're meant to be and there's this other dude and you're like just kind of sitting on the sidelines because i don't know man i i'm not a big subscriber of like go out and steal your girl kind of thing because then that kind of shows her she's going to be easily swoon well i don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna go back on that because maybe she does need to be stolen sometimes but i i yeah. you gotta be careful but also like i i, I it's, it's again like as we talk about you know the scales you know everything's got to have with it with balance like, I will always try to be a better option for somebody, but I will not save anybody who's not willing to be saved, I guess is a good way of putting it. That makes sense. Um, because I, I'm not going to, like, you know, sit in someone's friend zone for the rest of my life because I'm not a fucking loser. And quite frankly, I have a lot to offer people. And if um, someone doesn't see that, then I'm absolutely going to move on. And this is a kind of a recent thing, too, because... Um, like, I don't know if we were going to ever get into it, but, you know, um, I've, I've actually been super into people before that just completely were not into me. And as oh, with, I know about that one. Yeah. Yeah. As without, yeah. As is the lessons of life though. Um, 
you just kind of learn from your mistakes and just don't make the same mistakes whenever you move on to the next person. And I'm definitely more of an educated and mature person now. So I'm not going to like, you know, go out of my way to try to get like her fucking attention, but I'm also going to, I guess, keep it back in the back of my mind. Cause I do have a giant crush on this girl. Um, and the second she dumps this idiot, I'm going to 110% be in those DMs. Well, um, maybe not the second. You gotta. You don't want to be the rebounder either, dude. Right. Well, you know, then then I normally agree with that, but everybody is somebody's rebound, and I'm not saying I'm gonna be like fucking the Flash and be in there instantly. There's obviously a little bit of a buffer, but I'm definitely not gonna make the same mistake twice. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna shoot my shot. Yeah, you make a hundred percent, or you miss ninety nine percent of the shots you don't take, or hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Michael Jordan. Yep, Michael Scott. Yeah. Um, yeah yeah. so i wanted to talk about something else before we got into the uh the shit that was meant for somebody else on instagram but you're gonna get it um (laughs) this is a conversation that we had between us the other day about sleep and the ability not to sleep which i don't know we'll see how this conversation goes but i you know i get up pretty early every day and get my kids off to school and you know babies wake up early and i'm dealing with him and then Mm -hmm. a lot of nights you know, I, sometimes I do, you know, work on podcast stuff pretty late into the night and try and get stuff done. And, but when it's time to like go to bed, I can't, I can't, I can't shut off my brain. And it's, it's not always one thing, something cops deal with. And, you know, in some of it for me and not to get like too into my shit, but I, I don't know. I mean, some of it is like cop shit. Like, you know, some of it's like, fuck, did I make the right decision? So, I mean, I think it's like a normal thing, but you know, I'm not going to be the lie and say like you know sometimes shit that happened over my career doesn't like pop into my head or i can't you know can't you know what it you know what i'm saying like your mind just doesn't i I, I definitely agree with you and um i have the same issue also i know we talked about it um the other day i'll say this i have an issue where i'll be dead exhausted all day but the second that i get to bed i'm doing nothing but staring at the ceiling fan just spinning yep and I've ha- I had a I had a, a, a short time with another field of work without being too specific. I had a short time with another field of work before I got into law enforcement. But my time in law enforcement has been probably equally, if not more, stressful than the the line of work I was in before. A lot of that adds up. You see what I'm saying? And oh, I yeah. know you know exactly what I'm talking about. It all adds up. And the longer you do it, and the more you just keep adding on to it. Um, and if it goes completely unaddressed, you just kind of start to fall apart internally. And I think that the first sign of that is sleeplessness. Just that insomnia that comes in. And any I, I, I got told this by a fucking seasoned ass cop when I was first started. And he said, any cop that's worth his salt will deal with the internal conflict. And I really didn't understand what he was talking about at first, but I really understand that now. And it's kind of gay, but or lame. But you're, you remember those old like fucking memes that were floating around, not memes, but it was the Indian Native American proverbs about the white wolf and the black wolf that are fighting each other. Oh, my favorite one is the, the only one that wins. No, the, there's a wolf and there's two wolves inside of you, and both of them are gay. That was my favorite yeah. one. Yeah, exactly. They're both gay. Um, 
but uh, I, I don't know exactly how it, it's supposed to go, but I, I'm pretty sure it's like some sage old man is talking to the kid. He's saying there's two wolves inside of you, uh, a good one and an evil one. And the kid asks which one will win. And the old man is like, whichever one you feed. And obviously, I think that at face value, that shit's cool as fuck. But every tough guy out there uh, shared that shit along with their Peaky Blinders quotes and shit like that acting like they're some kind of badass um when in reality they're not but there is a lesson there in that type of um, metaphor about you know the internal conflict and honestly i think that that all correlates with you know how much rest or how, if you're going to be able to rest if you if you're one of the, if you're like me and you just lay there and you just fucking cannot sleep or anything like that um you really got to address that because if you can't, you know, rest or anything like that, or get some real legitimate rest, you're not going to be an effective fucking detective. And it, it's tough. It's very tough for me because I know that you and I talk. I mean, I think that you and I actually have a lot of late night conversation. Yeah. Um, because you know we just can't sleep, and it's hard to deal with some of the things that we deal with. Like, well, for me, it's um, I have this issue, and I hate to I hate to say it, but because it's it's a lot like. Um, do you remember the movie Heat? Yeah, it's been a long time. I've I've seen it, but it's been a long time. That's okay. Um, that that one had um, what's his name? Al Pacino oh. and Robert De Niro, the bank robber, and it's got fucking Val Kilmer, a young Natalie Portman. She's like a teenager in it. Um, oh, I was I was thinking of a different movie actually. Heat. I'm telling you, dude, this movie is fucking terrific, and. Directed by Michael Mann. It's a great. Oh movie. yeah, yeah. Anyways, you know what? I think I have. I think I have seen it. Yeah, I'm sure you have because I mean, you're not a loser, and only losers have not seen Heat. Um, oh, I'm so, in a podcast. I'm. I do podcasts. You, if you do a podcast, you're automatically a loser. No, no, science. No, because I know fucking Ten Eight Needs, and he's cool as fuck too. Okay, no, he he's not a yeah. loser. He's the exception. Yeah, you're not a fucking loser, dude. I think you're cool. Well, whatever. I'm My mom thinks I'm cool too. Anyway, yeah, sure yeah keep jerking me off. I feel but, safe. All right, yeah, anyway, go yeah. ahead. So, anyways, fucking Al Pacino plays um, a a detective in this movie. Saint Hannah is his name. Anyways, there's a part in this movie where he's talking to uh, Robert De Niro at a goddamn diner table, and Robert De Niro says probably one of the coolest fucking tough guy lines um that's ever existed i'm not going to repeat it but it almost overshadows one of the lines that al pacino says al pacino is talking about how he has trouble sleeping at night and that when he does sleep that he has this nightmare and it's a dream where he's sitting at a big table and all the victims of all the cases that he's ever worked are sitting at that table um with him and they're just kind of staring at him and they don't say anything. He doesn't say anything, but they're staring at him with these big black eyes and their eyes are black like that because they got shot in the head and they sat there and they rotted for a little while before they were found. And then suddenly he just wakes up. And honestly, being in this job, uh, we're obviously dealing with a lot of death. And uh, I dealt with a lot of death before coming out to homicide. And now that I'm in homicide, we're, we're it's obviously my bread and butter so and and it's i i look at some of the senior detectives that have come before me and 
I see like where they have failed to take care of themselves in some ways. And I see how they have succeeded in taking care of themselves in some ways. And it's, and it's interesting to see like the path that I'm on right now and how I'm dealing with something that, you know, there are thousands of people who come before me that are dealing with the same thing. And, and it all starts with not being able to sleep at night. And I have issues. I, I, um, I normally will have like a friend come over or anything like that. And um, eventually I can get to some sleep, but I don't know. I, I, I highly, I'm a very big advocate for counseling. Um, I, we have way too many law enforcement veterans, all of it that would rather kill themselves than actually go to counseling and address some of the issues that they're having. I'm a very big advocate for taking care of your mental health. And I definitely should give it more attention than i do but yeah man it's sleep it, sleep is uh yeah essential. it is and, and sleep is important now we got to give some people um now we got to lighten the mood a little bit because that yeah, got keep, a little we dark keep, we keep de- i keep depressing all your topics i'm sorry yeah that's okay man um but one of the best ways i think to go to sleep at least for dudes i don't know if it's the same for chicks you got to crank one off man if you can, right. I mean, there, there's a time and a place, yeah. right? But the, but the important thing is, and here's some, <laughs> here we go. You, obviously, like you get your to, meat. yeah, you, you got to eat your, beat your meat. But you get to a certain point, obviously, you can, you're not going to be able to crank one out, right? Because you're thinking about other shit. Right. It's got to be the first thing. But then you got to be careful because if you're married or something, it's kind of rude, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's my poorly made suggestion is, you know. You're single. Touch yourself. You're alone. Touch yourself. Touch yourself, you fucking weirdos. <laughs> it's good for you. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anybody, uh, well, like, if anybody likes my fate, one of my favorite bands, Ghosts, you know what I'm, where I'm going with that. But it, I, I got to do melatonin. And uh, melatonin, actually, my wife was making fun of me because, like, I, I took like a three milligram one. I was like, ah, oh, I think I'm just want to cut it in half. It's only three milligrams, but melatonin fucks me up. I end up going to Walmart and getting like a one milligram one. It's just enough mm-hmm. where it'll get me. But I think after a while, it's going to stop working. Yeah. Um, I, if, if it's bad, I'll sometimes uh, take a, a Z-Quil. But I actually sometimes use this like breathing technique. Dr. Andrew Whale. I don't know how to say his name, but Whale, Whale, whatever. Samsonite. Um, yeah, dude looks like a fucking Santa Claus, kind of. And he has this something called a four, seven, eight breathing technique. And uh, I'm not going to fucking do it right now, but um, it basically talks about, you know, breathing in and fucking exhaling forcefully and breathing in, exhaling forcefully in order to get you to kind of like relax a little bit. And I've been doing that for about a month now. And I'm going to tell you, man, that shit fucking works. I hate to say it. Because um, sometimes I think things are like a little like far out there, but definitely breathing techniques have been working for me. Um, and of course, if the Z quill doesn't work or the breathing technique doesn't work, I'm gonna beat my motherfucking meat, dude. Um, and now I start with jerking off. I start with cranking one off, and then I move to the other stuff, the breathing stuff. Because I had a buddy, and I wonder if it's the same guy. I'll have to look it up. But I had a buddy. Um, I was telling him about some of my shit and he's like, Hey, look this shit up. And it's kind of like the same deal. So, which of course I didn't do cause I'm an idiot. Right. 
Yeah, um, dude, man, it's worth it. Yeah, and now there's like, you know, the two thousand. I mean, the two million people listening to the podcast. Yeah. Are like you fucking pussies? Why aren't you drinking whiskey like a man? Yeah. Well, your liver will uh, thank you for trying a breathing technique instead. Nah, your liver likes it. As I fucking sipped on my whiskey. <laughs> yeah, you and me both here. I like I'm a fucking gentleman right here. <laughs> oh um, yeah. Here's my thing: is that I. I've had issues before in the past with, with drinking. I have um, friends who have had issues in the past with drinking and I refuse to let something like that send me to an early grave. And I'm not saying that, you know, I'm some kind of like fucking badass. That's like, you know, I got, I'm not like Russ Cole and true detective, but quite frankly, we need to be taking care of ourselves because we're the last of the Jedi right now. Like there's, until the next generation is ready to embrace uh, modern law enforcement, then we are it. I don't see anyone else coming to to take the mantle. You see what I'm saying? We're gonna these these TikTok kids are gonna come out and put a gun and a badge on. Fuck you. I'm helping. Yeah, that's exactly what that is. Oh that's my exactly god! It, it's worse than it's worse when like grown men are doing it. Which I get like somebody that's in their 20s is technically grown. But like when you have like a 40 year old man that's doing these dances. It's so cringe. And let's talk about TikTok and like the Instagram reels and shit. Okay, I'll watch reels every once in a while. And, you know, I do because I'll send you fucking stupid shit all the time. Yeah, it's a lot. (laughs) Sorry, I'm I'm really bad at it. But well, I I have to make a point not to watch them in the office because (laughs) someone will be like, "Oh, what are you watching?" (laughs) Uh, Watching this homicide tape, boss. Um, but I don't like the trends are like the worst thing where it's like the repetitive, like somebody's doing the same. Like you watch a video and it's like, okay, somebody's mouthing to this thing. Oh. Three videos later, oh, the person's mouthing to this thing. Like it's like every movie's like remade. It's like the reels and the Instagram and the TikToks. It's just fucking remakes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It annoys the shit out of me. I like the more original shit. I, I agree with you. Um, I also like I, I like watching TikToks. I think TikTok's fucking funny, but I hate TikTok cops with a passion, people, bud. With a passion. Yeah, I hate people who want to present themselves as quite frankly as something that they're not and this job is grotesque it is difficult it is 110 percent exactly what a lot of people think it is but i'm fucking telling you right now a lot of those people that, that want to broadcast it on tiktok and be all cool and shit and become tiktok famous shit they ain't done shit it's the people who are more silent about it as i talk to your your constituents on on a podcast about it it's really the silent guys those are the ones that really have the most experience on how difficult this job can be and yeah, i i find a lot of the people seeking attention are the a lot of the same people that will do anything they can to get off patrol and to get into some other assignment right not and, actually being a cop or or if they're on patrol they're quite frankly they're shit bags and they don't fucking uh, do anything or they won't take calls they don't take reports and and there's a difference between those who are who are trying to you know educate the community on you know what their department is like like so so my department um they make their own tiktoks and stuff and they kind of like show things about the agency 
But what they don't do and what they do do, I don't know. I generally don't really agree with it. I don't like it very much because they sometimes post dumb shit, quite frankly. Yeah. And same with a lot of the TikTok cops that work in my department. They sometimes post a lot of dumb shit. And it doesn't do anything to help us. It doesn't. No one takes us any more seriously. No, you're not cool. And it's lame. But, and I say that with a, with, to my caveat on, so like, I, like, I mean, as you know, cause you're, you're the inspiration behind it. Like, we'll say like, hypothetically speaking, there was a page that existed at one point in time called the after briefing debrief. And it was a meme page. And, you know, I'm not going to say like, you know, I was the, uh, person who ran the page or anything like that but i may have known the guy right and the guy that ran that page made it a point to not to neither put himself above nor below anybody but he did fucking hate tiktok cops and (laughs) and i'm sure he still does to this day i bet he does you know i would say And it's funny because I've had some people say, well, you're no different than a TikTok cop. Which, and it's only been a few people, but I'm like, wait, hold on a second. A, I mean, some people know who I am, but for the most part, no one knows who the fuck I am. I mean, the vast majority of people that, you know, 99.9% of the people that follow my page have no fucking clue who I am. Right. If you saw me on the street, you'd have no idea. I'm not trying, you know, it was never, okay, everybody likes a little attention, right? It always feels good when that meme hits good. I'm not going to deny that. Everybody seeks a little bit of attention, but I'm not out there, quote unquote, seeking attention for myself, for my own personal gain on my notoriety or anything like that. I just want to crack some fucking jokes. Right. Which is a lot of these meme pages. And and it's like, obviously, the after briefing debrief retired. And there's a lot of the way, a lot of thought that, that went into it. And um, the guy who ran the page, uh-huh, you know, came to a decision where he wasn't going to run the page anymore. And here's my thing. His identity never came out or anything like that. He never did like a face reveal. I think that only like more, more like a handful of people really know. And even within his own department, he never like confirmed really anything. This is my thing. The difference between like the meme pages and these TikTok cops is that these t- a lot of these TikTok cops are attempting to monetize on what they think is going to either make them popular or give them money. It, it boosts their ego essentially. And versus these meme pages are doing this completely anonymously. Yeah, and, and to be fair, the only reason I'm trying to monetize is because I don't have a job. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, and but still, I mean, I. I know who you are, but no one else does. Like, that's not, yeah. Um, and even I don't think anyone else has come on the show really knows. And, but even with like me or anything like that, or even like 10 8, 10 8 doesn't put his identity out there. None of us really put our identities out there. Um, because it's not about who we are. It's, it's not about, you know, the masks that we wear. It's about, you know, what we are underneath that defines us and and we're we're quite, two wolves and they're both right gay. exactly they're both gay yeah and um and that's really the point i think with a lot of these meme pages is that we're here to have a laugh we're here to to fucking shoot shit say shit that would normally get us in trouble and it's important that we have pages like this 
because quite frankly, if we don't get any outlets to 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 release all this dark humor that we have built up, then we're all gonna fucking be terrible. It's gonna be horrible. We're all gonna hate ourselves. Our mental health is gonna go down the drain. And mm-hmm. that's why, like, so the after brief and debrief you did frequently with like a Red Gun Squad, and um, and I'm sure that the after brief and debrief still feels like the Red Red Gun Squad is a giant bitch, but. I, like having seen behind the scenes of what a lot of these meme pages are like they're really just genuinely good cops that just want to entertain their constituents and we not we they have to be as anonymous as possible because we live in a society where they would rather string up cops and fucking burn them on the stake than support the things that they're doing and it's a yeah. shame that we come to that. It's, it's an absolute shame that we have come to that to the point where we can't even we, – we aren't even laughing together. That's how bad it is. Well, and, let's be honest here. Let's be honest here, though, dude. Most – I can only think – I really can't think of any of the, the big police, quote-unquote, pages, the big pages. How many of those people are still cops? Yeah. Very, very few. Uh, Officer Baker is. I'm pretty sure he still is, and hook him and book him. Well, well everybody at, uh, else, none of them are cops anymore. Right. Well, look at the the god of of cop social media donut operator. Like he's, I don't think he's a cop anymore, is he? No, he hasn't been cop in a long time. Right. Exactly. I think he had stopped law enforcement a very long time ago at this point, and. But still, and, and this, I always take it into consideration the same way I do like veterans. Like, I, I'm a veteran. And that's my thing about law enforcement is that it's a lot like being a veteran in my, in my mind is that there's things that, you know, are never going to change. And there's things that will change when it comes to the newer scope of law enforcement. But you're still part of the game. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, like, definitely. But I mean, like you I, can't you can't speak like guys like Donut and some of these other pages. They couldn't say the things they said as a cop because right. whatever it's going to be twisted. Like as a cop, you you kind of give up your First Amendment rights. I don't agree right, with it, I but it's a thing. I don't agree with at all, and that's and that's a shame. Like even me being how can you be impartial being... because you have right. an opinion? You want right. us exactly. to be fucking human beings, but we have to have be robots when it comes to right having thoughts and opinions that's fucking ridiculous right and it, and it honestly goes back to what i was saying before that how we've allowed certain people to just establish this fake god-like standard that we need to maintain and it's ridiculous and quite honestly it's like it's even a shame that like me even doing this podcast obviously i'm taking a risk here and doing so anonymously and i'll quite frankly it's a shame that we cannot even speak our own mind when it comes to our current climate without the risk of getting in trouble. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy that even like dispatcher Mo who came on, even, even 10, eight, when he gets all his, his people, a lot of them have to remain anonymous just to talk about what they're, what's on their mind. And that's ridiculous, dude. Oh, that's a shame. Ridiculous. We, we have allowed ourselves We've allowed the people of power who we don't even like to start with to, to basically hold this over our heads to the point where we're just just hiding in the shadows. You're goddamn right I did. God damn it, I'm gonna have to cut that out. Um <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's fucking getting out completely. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so I'm going to edit in and people are going to have no idea why we're laughing because I had to take it out. <laughs> um, anyway, so let's uh, we got to move on here because uh, time is kind of of the essence. Not really, but a little bit. So I'm going to give away a T-shirt like I do on every single podcast. I was uh, given some money to give away some PMPM merch by some nice fellas. So uh, people have nominated their buddies. So if you want to nominate your buddy, just email me, poorly made police memes at gmail.com. It always fucking cracks me up when I do these posts like, hey, nominate your buddy. And I'll put it on Instagram, like nominate your buddy and give very specific instructions. And people like tag their friends like, hey, I nominate so-and-so 69 420 because he's a great dude. Cops can't read. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. Yeah. But anyway, so this guy, he did follow instructions. And but he wrote like uh, fucking Homer's Odyssey. So it's a pretty long nomination. So I'm going to kind of pare it down a little bit for you all. So he wants to nominate his buddy who is hands down the most deserving person he knows. He's the true definition of a cop's cop, and he lives up to the brotherhood, camaraderie, and dedication and selflessness that many of us only dream of living up to. Um, Those who have worked beside him have never second-guessed him and will always be there for him, whether it be on and off duty. Uh, Throughout his 10 years in LEO, he's never... Let the ways of society, bad leadership, or family hardships affect the way he does the job. Goes into a lot of stuff about his career and working at some shitty departments and always doing the right thing. Being with his partners, I can assure you that on the worst calls, when you ask for backup and hear his unit, you get a sense of relief from knowing he's going to be coming down there. So lastly, being an old head, he has a love for Crown Vicks. Oh, God. So... That alone oh, makes him a winner. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's that sealed the deal for you. Yeah, do you got something to fucking say right now about Crown Vic? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure your dick's hard right now. So yeah, I'm gonna have something to jerk off before bed tonight. That's for sure. Yeah, you and your your goddamn Crown Vic. Okay, well, normally I ask people about their favorite patrol car. What do you got to say about the Crown Vic, fucking punk bitch? Well, I would say. What my favorite crown? My favorite patrol car. What would it be? Uh, definitely not Chargers or Impalas. It'd definitely be. No, you know what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on the fucking bandwagon with you, uh, even though I'm pretty sure you're driving the goddamn bandwagon. Uh, the Crown Vic absolutely has you know weathered the test of time and is still fucking effective. Yeah, I think like our fucking grandparents are driving Crown Vicks going to calls for service, and these bitches are still kicking. Yeah, they're sick, man. I mean, mine's an O2 and it's still fucking kicking along. Like, yeah. I probably needed to change spark plugs for like a year and it still fucking does what I want it to do. Yeah, it's so strange. Like, how, like, I feel like whenever they created the Crown Vic, they didn't realize what it was that they were doing. They're like, fuck, this car is going to be effective. But little did they know it spawned an entire generation of fucking, <laughs> fucking. <laughs> crowd big fans that are just absolutely the worst sometimes <laughs> fucking dick um yeah <laughs> it yeah, is I'm funny though every time i the worst. every time i bring up crown vicks there's always a dude that's like well my nine to five caprice could run circles around it yeah okay yeah you got fucking stuck in the mud every other time sure i will i will testify though those caprices my my dad had one back in the day and it was fucking legit. Like no joke was the fastest. It was fast as fuck. I'm actually, and I put it on one of the 
actually the podcast I did with the tactical social worker a little while ago. Um, I'm, I'm going to try and find one, uh, one of those 90 between a 94 and 96 Caprice. So any of you guys see one that's like reasonably priced, send it to me. I might, I might go drive somewhere and pick it up. I'm sure my wife will love the additional fucking car that I don't need in the driveway on Instagram and Facebook today. I put out there, I was looking for like the topic of the podcast was going to be the best cop stereotype which you fucking idiot DGENs, you put the worst cop stereotypes. I said the best. It's literally in uppercase letters on Facebook. Again, cops can't read. So little did you know that the one I like the most is going to win you some free shit from me. So are you ready to uh, go through some of these cop stereotypes and what's the best one? Fucking run it. Let's do it. So this is not a best one. This is not a good one. It's that cops beat their spouses. It's not true. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. My hubby wow. would never hurt me. And then uh, uh, some people jumped on that bag- bandwagon. First of all, I said best. That's not a good stereotype. I don't know exactly what um, I was looking for, but I wasn't looking for beating your wife. And there's a lot of, like that comment come up a lot. Have you like there's a study that all the cop haters and the a cavers throw out there like, Oh, 40% of cops beat their wives. It's scientific fact. You know what study I'm talking about? Um, Yeah, I do know what you're talking about. Um, Even though that you are basically Kermit the Frog when you make that noise, that voice. But I do know what you're talking about. Here's my thing. Yeah. Yeah. This is my thing. I think that all correlates to mental health. If you're not taking care of yourself, you're not going to be taking care of those around you. And um, don't be a piece of shit. Bottom line. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. The, the, the other part about that study, though, is complete horseshit, because what they counted domestic violence was raising your voice at your wife yeah. or spouse. Yeah, that's not like getting in an argument happens. Right. And, and you know, it's that's not domestic violence. Being... So the numbers right. in this fucking thing are skewed like completely with like crazy shit like that. And I, I don't have it in front of me, but like the the things the things horse shit i mean you know even uh, you talked about the mental health shit like even with the mental health shit like i don't if you hit your wife or fucking beat your wife or otherwise abuse her like you're a piece of shit i don't care what you're right. going through you're a piece yeah, of shit absolutely i agree with you yeah fuck them fuck them that's what i always say fuck them fuck um let's see we got the another dv one. Oh, here's a good cop stereotype which is not the best but yeah, maybe maybe it was my articulation. Maybe I shouldn't be so angry at you guys, but this guy puts the whole because you're a cop, you automatically know every other cop in the country. Oh god, I fucking hate that shit. Hey, do, do you know Bill? Um Yeah, he's yeah, a he, cop in Wachula. Yeah, yeah, he was there in 1968 through uh, 1974. Yeah, yeah, he's really popular there. Did you know him? I wasn't alive, yeah. fucking lady. That was another one. Another one I have is um, if I know the sheriff, I do, but you know, I really don't. You know what I mean? Like most of the cops, like they encountered the top of their food chain, like maybe once or twice for the first like five or six years of their career, depending on how big your department is. You know what? That just brought up something that pisses me off. It depends on the size of the department, obviously, but chiefs need to fucking make a point and knowing their troops. Yep. 
there's no fucking excuse for a midsize department chief not to know their cops or have yeah, absolutely make a point to say hello or know who they are or I get you're not going to be best friends and on first name basis, but like there's no fucking excuse. Like my chief, I don't even know who they fucking were. I never fucking met them until my exit interview. That's fucking ridiculous. And yeah, I had that's actually fucking, terrible. They didn't even swear you in or nothing. Well, there's more to that, but but even after that, okay. So we, I went through some chiefs, right? Oh. Um that kind of thing but still this person had worked on the department i didn't fucking know who they were and to get the exit interview like initially they said hey you know when i told my command hey i'm quitting they're like okay you know make sure you get an exit interview and talk to the chief and i'm getting drunk and angry but (laughs) so then i i asked for it and they're like we're gonna give you the deputy chief no i don't want the deputy chief i want the fucking chief And I got it, but it was just like a fucking cop out. And I had like scratch and claw to get that. That's not fucking leadership. Right. Not that any chiefs listen to this podcast, but if you fucking do get to know your fucking people, you scumbags. Yeah. You're angry. You're right. Yeah, you're right. And if they don't care about you, I'm sorry. I'm a little, little saucy here too, but. If you don't care about your people, your people about their job, and their job will reflect you. So you take care of your people, people take care of the job, and the job will take care of you. Yep. All right, we should move on before I, I get a little wild. Good. Here's a good one. Donuts. Cops and donuts. Ooh. This guy put in one of the comments on here, and there's a bunch of comments about it, but this guy made a point to say, I made a point never to eat a donut in uniform. Cops eating donuts is my favorite and least favorite stereotype. Everybody loves donuts, okay? Not just cops. Let's let's fucking we're getting a little wild here. Everybody likes donuts. I remember I ate a donut in duty once, and some guy fucking you know another cop weirded out. He's like, "You shouldn't do that. It just perpetuates stereotypes." Calm the okay. fuck down. Yeah, calm down. Don't be a douche. Don't be a fucking baby. Yeah, yeah don't, like donuts, donuts are delicious. Yeah. I don't know what you have to say about that. Yeah, there's there's no shame in the game. I fucking love donuts, and when people bring in free donuts, I'm like, fuck yeah. Um, and I'll fucking eat them because I uh, don't really give a shit about the stereotypes and I'll do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is my thing. If it's okay for donut operator, it's okay for me. And it's in his name, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. Actually, I watched one of his videos and he was like, oh, I haven't eaten a donut in a while. How are you the donut operator mm. then? Yeah, you're just an operator without You're just that. the operator. Yeah. The Change world? your name. Change your name. You Fucking fraud. sell out. Back whenever, you know, my friend was running the after briefing debrief, the goal in mind was to be acknowledged by donut operator. And luckily, before the end of my friend's run as the after briefing debrief, donut operator acknowledged him. That was pretty it was awesome. him, yeah. That was pretty awesome. It was him and um, Tony McBride. Let me tell you, dude. Before <laughs> Tony McBride has to be one of my favorite fucking gun girls, and she shoots for. Um, Terry Tactical. I don't even know also, who the fuck that is. Dude, she's she's super cool. She shoots for Terry Tactical. She's also um, 
works for LAPD. Her dad was LAPD. She's a sweet person. She's very nice. And despite the fact that I'm kind of a dork, she still would like, you know, talk to me on the, or not me, talk to uh, the dude who ran the after briefing debrief. Um, You're gonna fuck my life with these edits. Yeah, it's all right. Who gives a shit? Um, but my point is, though, is that if you don't fucking follow Tony McBride, um, you're wrong because uh, she's cool as fuck. The next one on here is that cops enjoy Crown Vicks. If you don't enjoy mm. Crown Vicks, then you're not a fucking real cop, prick. Mm, okay, calm down. But um, fuck you. Take it down a yeah. notch, Squirrely Dan. <laughs> Take it down about ten to. 15 yeah. percent they're squarely damn i mean crown vicks are cool i i definitely they definitely have their place um in my heart but i i'm i'm looking forward to the next generation of car what what are we going to be using tahoes i don't know Edible well you're a fucking detective you're not a cop anymore so why does it matter right yeah exactly that's that, that's what happens whenever you become a detective you stop you just stop existing to the world all you do is sit up in your fucking ivory tower, eat donuts, and take coffee breaks. Yep, break. I actually specifically go down to substations and uh, steal the donuts that are brought for deputies, and I bring them up to the office. Because uh, I knew it. Fuck you. Yeah, I knew it. I'm just kidding. I don't really do that, but still, you might. Yeah, but uh, and uh, I mean, we kind of talked about being a detective here, and you can't be a fucking shitbag detective. Got to got to put in the work. So another cop stereotype is that they're flamboyant. I've never heard that in my life. Well, it depends on what they mean by flamboyant. Because uh, I have I jokes to be made, but I don't want to get canceled. So right. Well, I definitely like with with like your your very good friends on your shift that you're boys with. I'm not saying that like you guys do gay shit, but I mean you're definitely pretty flamboyant. With that. You know what I mean? You're like ah, you kind of fuck around a lot. That's not flamboyant. That's being bros. Yeah. There, being bros, did I send you that video of the guy that was like his girlfriend had his phone and she's like, wait, you're sending pictures of your dicks to your friends? Yeah, that's just for the <laughs> homies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you did send me that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just the boy. Oh my God. Are those your yeah. ass cheeks? Yeah. Yeah. Flamboyant. That's a little, that's an odd word yeah. choice if that's what they're referring to. Yeah, well, they included the uh, the gif of uh, the dude from Reno 911 with his new boots. So it's uh, like one dude. Every department has a member of the LBGTQ community that definitely wears it with pride. And I don't really have an issue with it. I mean... Dude, I don't give a fuck if you're purple. Like, yeah, if you can I, like, do the honestly, job... If you're taking calls, yeah. No, I don't really give care. a fuck, man. And that's another thing. I just, I don't know. I feel like we've moved past a lot of that in the society. Like, you know, I think there was a fight and then I think people don't get me wrong. There's still people out there for sure. But I think most people just like, well, and and I'll tell you this, like, so the person who I have in mind right now, um, he was a, he was a a partner of mine and in in the district that I worked and I used to always have it in mind. I was like, you know, if anybody ever bullied him, I was just going to actually like fucking beat the fucking shit out of them. Because quite frankly, it's, there's no reason for all of us in the type of work that we're in to not just have each other's backs without any sort of um, prejudice needing to be involved. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's, they're already trying to kill us already. We don't need to be treating each other like shit. Yeah. I, 
in my apartment there it was there was quite a few people and it wasn't a big deal or at least i didn't see seem to think it was and i never saw anybody mistreat somebody for you know swinging the other way they're just one of the guys with the girls it wasn't a big deal right yeah i'm not like it's like it's almost like no one cares you know what i mean yeah yeah which i think is the way it should be like who gives a shit right what you do in your yeah. own home. Here's another cop stereotype is they are married to a nurse or a teacher. Oh uh, yeah. That's pretty, yeah, I mean, that's pretty fucking accurate. I mean, like my wife's yeah. not a nurse, but she's in the medical field. So yeah, that's pretty, I, um, of course I'm reached out like I'm single. I kind of bounce around, but, um, I got a lot of nurses on the rotation, a lot of nurses on the rotation and two teachers, I think. I kind of talk to you. Jesse's girl, what's she do for work? Um, she actually just changed jobs recently. I don't really know what she does right now. Um, but she used to be like an event planner for a a specific company that I don't want to name. That's a code name um, for a stripper. She's a stripper. Well, no, <laughs> she was not a stripper, I swear to God. Um it was cops, I, there's I, cops I that are into that shit too. Yeah, there are. Well, you know, you're fucking talking to one. Um, girls, girls, girls. Yeah. I need to get that yeah, on standby fucking... for my sound clips. It's been the second. Well, time I'll I say, that. I uh, when I first got into this, my fucking kryptonite was slutty single moms, and I hate to say it, but <laughs> slutty single moms, dude, <laughs> that shit just dragged me through the gutter. It got me in so much trouble. But hey, and the juice boxes uh, at the end of the day, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Like, did you? They, you know, they got snacks on hand. Let's start with that. And I don't know. The, I don't want to say a bunch of stuff that you have to edit out later. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, slutty single moms used to be used to legit. Like, I, there's this saying that the badge will get you booty, and the booty will get your badge. And there have been plenty of times where, um, slutty single mom booty almost had my badge, <laughs> and Oh, God. I don't know if I'm going to tell people that I did this interview. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't fucking tell a soul. Yeah. Um, but, no, yeah. Um, to your question, I have no idea what she does right now. She used to plan parties for a... Uh, she used to plan, like, parties and events for this company that she worked for. Is it a pants party? Yeah. Um, There's a party in my pants. Can, yeah. 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 All right. Thanks, Brick. Um, here's another one. Uh, we got the nurse wife and then corrections officers decking out their personal vehicles with blue line gear. Oh God, dude. What happened to people really did not follow instructions with what you were saying. Oh no, none of them. I don't know if I'm going to give away shit because they're all bad ones. Um, the cops are assholes. I mean, there's definitely some cops that are assholes for sure, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I would say I'm generally like a type B personality. Like I'm just, you know, I, the A is there when I need it. And I think my type of cop is, is kind of prevalent now. Like, I think there's like, you know, you have like the old heads that are all like fucking hardcore type A's. You have dudes like me and then you have the TikTokers. Oh yeah. The TikTokers. And the people that are like absolutely fucking worthless and can't talk to people they can't talk to people and they can't fight people. 
Yeah. They, uh, I don't know what they're doing. They're always getting fucking writing checks with their mouths so they can't cash for ass. And that shit is annoying. Yep. Um, I, I'll i say fucking corrections guys that deck out their cars with timber line shit or um, like I, I will always say because I fun fact I actually worked in corrections for about two months before I went to the road. I was I was in detention um, in detention and I have always said that the job is often compared to law enforcement, but it's apples to oranges, quite frankly. It's completely different. The, the risks that they deal with are different. And I, I, I kind of feel bad for them, how they try to compare themselves to law enforcement so often when really they're their own thing and they just don't feel confident in what they have to offer. Well, and it's... Not to shit on CEOs because I know there's a, a lot that listen to the podcast and right that's fine. I'm not saying it's not like a good honorable job, but right, it's right, right. it's this weird thing where frequently I'll get messages or shit in the comments about like, well, what do you think about CEOs? Why does it fucking matter what I think about you? Who gives a fuck? Right. And it, it's a weird thing with CEOs where they're they're always looking for. And I hate to generalize, but they're, they're looking for validation all the time. Police explorers do the same shit, too. What do you think about it? Oh, yeah. I don't fucking know. Well, and weird, because I have a lot of respect for COs, especially ones who are good at their job, um, because I know in my realm of responsibility, they are very helpful when it comes to like a lot of gang shit. Um, because that's where, where a lot of these gangs like meet up and really organizes and, and jails and shit like that. So there's their own, they, like I said before, though, they have their own like realm of responsibility, their own risks, their own skill sets, but they refuse to just stand alone. You know what I'm saying? There's like to just stand and say, like, you know, we are this and we're not out there chasing fucking bad guys down or anything like that. But they're holding on to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I hear exactly what you're saying, dude. I, I, I hear what you're throwing down. Yeah. The next stereotype we have is tiny peckers and that they're average at best. Well, okay, I wouldn't say... First of all, why is my is my wife commenting on this? That's the first question. Yeah. I well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to deny it. Um, I do have a, a bit of a fucking small schmeckle and uh, I'll... <laughs> I'm willing to live with that. You know what I'm saying? Hey, 5.15 inches is the average, just so you know. I don't know if you knew right, that or not. exactly. Yeah. Well, so, sorry, buddy. Small PP yeah, gang. it's okay. Well, you know, I always think about, despite having a small PP, is that... Uh, you have a good personality. I have a great personality, and girls still come, and they enjoy my small PP because it's cozy and it's safe. <laughs> it's a safe PP. They know my PP is not going to act up. But it likes single moms. Yep, God damn, dude! I'm telling you, single <laughs> this PP loves single moms. It's it's ridiculous. I'm gonna fucking send this episode to one of the single moms that I'm hitting up, just so she can hear how much I love her. <laughs> single moms, she'll know. But like, yep, yeah, that's that. You're right. That PP is small. I'm glad you didn't deny it. <laughs> Okay. What did well, we get into, dude? Dude, what I don't even know what you're into? fucking talking about, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, the next one goes, 
I don't know. People just can't follow instructions. So let's see. What exactly did I put on Instagram? I said, what's the best cop stereotype? Okay, that's that's what I put on Instagram. I didn't capitalize best. So that we have the biggest wieners. We've already established we don't. Wait, yeah. Let's see. We got another donut one. Again, I don't know if I'm going to give away anything because you guys are fucking morons. Best cop stereotypes, not worst. So this person put patrol boots in plain clothes. Uh, I never did yeah. that shit. I don't know if you did, yeah, but I didn't. No, but that was actually an army thing. Um, when I was an army. We had a lot of fucking boots that would do that shit. Yeah, uh, I've actually had an explorer that would wear like explorer shit in his plain clothes. Actually, funny story about this kid. He used to take his badge. He would take it off the uniform. And then put it in his wallet and like carry it around. So but then he'd take it out. Yeah, like he would like, dude, I swear to God, this kid used to used to take the badge out, put it in his wallet, and then take it out of his wallet, put it back on his uniform, whatever they had his like their explorer meetings. And I've never let that kid live that shit down. Fucking dick. My my fucking edit hand is gonna be out of control on this episode. Yeah, it's gonna be fucking rub raw. Yeah. Okay, this one might is actually leaning towards a good stereotype. Mustaches and aviators. Ooh. I, uh, I enjoy a good set of aviators. And um, I actually have a hard time growing a mustache because of my... Small pee-pee. Small pee-pee, exactly. Um, a lot of Spanish people, they either have a big bushy mustache or they have that thin mustache. Dude, the I big bushy thin. mustache is fucking legit, man. Yeah, that big bushy mustache, dude, that, I don't know, dude, it just it just lets people know, like, you're not to be fucked with. And I, I have a lot of respect for the big bushy mustache. Yeah, I'll, 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 I respect that. And I hate yeah. it because my dad can grow a big bushy mustache, but I can't. He didn't pass and that along, huh? Yeah, like of all the shit that I got from you, I couldn't get that. Like, great. I'll just take the depression instead. Thanks. <laughs> depression the comes gen- free. The fucking gen- generational mental health issues. I'll take that. Dude, that I think. Die. Okay. I think. All right. This is fucked up and we're going to go off the rails here. <laughs> it's okay. You'll edit it out later. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I will. We'll see. And I'm just throwing it out there. I think I think millennials and Gen Z are more vocal about mental health. I think the generations before us, boomers and Gen X, they just killed themselves. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Um, I 100% agree with you. And I'm not saying that to like, I mean, like I kind of said it in a joking fashion, but I was looking at suicide rates. And I mean, they're up more. I mean, they're they're higher than in prior years. And I don't know if that adjusts for inflation or not. Is that fucked up to make an inflation joke right now? But no, but it's okay. Yeah, suicide rates have always been high. Right. Um. I mean, it is up. Like, I'm not saying it's not up, but I don't know where I'm going with this. But I I think. You know, I guess one thing I like to shit on millennials and Gen Z is, you know, they get kind of labeled as whiners, which is partly true. But, you know, they're really the first group that are making 
a point or trying to do something to make mental health a thing we talk about. Right. Um, well, and cause this is I, an I a new thing. Too. Like it's not a new thing for people to, you know, to have the big sad, so to speak. Right. Um, and I'm not trying to make light of it, but I mean, like, let's, you know, it's, it's a shitty subject. So, right. I don't know. I don't know where I decided. I don't even know what the fuck we were talking about that, where, where that came from, but I don't know, just food for thought, I guess. And I don't have no idea why I was researching that the other day, but I was, I think I was just curious, like, you know, cause I thought like, are we just a bunch of whiners now? Or like, what did our, what did our parents do? It's always been a thing. I just think it wasn't articulated. Right. And well, this is what I always say, like, in because I do think millennials do whine a lot. Um, but this is my counter to even my own points whenever I say that millennials whine a lot. I think that millennial, uh, the millennial generation and the Gen Z coming behind it, I think Gen Z kind of blows it out of proportion. But there's nothing wrong with being demanded respect from your employer and or and really like, you know, demanding the respect. Um, and understanding the severity of what we deal with. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that you need to work on us hand over fist or whatever and fucking meet our every need, but we shouldn't be ostracizing people for admitting that they have their own personal shortcomings. Yeah. Because I would rather someone take the time to work on themselves in a, in a good environment when there's not a non-life-threatening situation than to panic like fucking um, Oppum and Save Private Ryan whenever I, the time comes where we need them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd rather them be mentally ready to go and re- capable of doing the job than fucking being a bitch all the time because taking care of your mental health is not a, not a bitch thing to do. It's actually kind of a brave thing to do. Yeah. Um, to kind of and- admit, admit. I guess I, what I'll add on to that is I think there is a point too to be made. If you are not mentally capable of doing the job, there's no shame in hanging it up. Yeah. Because if you're a danger to your, to your partners, because you're not going to be able to do what's needed, you shouldn't be here. Right. Or there, so to speak in that fuck, man, I, I've seen it where they trotted some people out that shouldn't have been there. And it didn't end well. And I, you know, not to really get off into left field, but brought up a point that I think is interesting about demanding respect. I I don't like the whole, I think respect is earned, especially from your, your peers. Like you can't get out of the fucking academy and out of FTO and think you're quote unquote an equal because you're not. I think you have to prove your, your weight. Mm-hmm. You know, in the the people that get upset about that and, you know, about the memes, like I'll keep posting them because I think it's funny, but you, just because you made it through doesn't make you worth shit. Like you still need to fucking prove yourself to the guys and gals that you right. can handle business. So don't, you know, you can't just expect that and you can't expect, you know, special privileges because you're a fucking cop. I wanted to hit one more thing, but I fucking forgot what it was. Give me a second here. Um, well, while you're thinking about that, I'll definitely uh, I'll say when I say demand respect, I think that in um, more along the lines of the type of benefits that we should be providing all employees, um, like you know we should be encouraging mental health counseling and shit like that. Oh, absolutely, um, yeah. 
Yeah. I'm not saying that they need to be fucking coming out of the academy and have their have their fucking nice warm hand jobs waiting for them. But you, you gotta know, earn those hand jobs. Right. You gotta earn those hand jobs. I definitely agree with you. You gotta pay your dues. Earn the You definitely have to pay your dues. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Um but with the, the the flip side to that coin, as I'm saying, is that I think that whenever we do encounter terrible things, whether it's your first day on the job or the last day on the job, we should be able to address those terrible thoughts or those terrible encounters uh, without being the stigma that comes with it. That's really my point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I've hit this. That's what I wanted to talk about a little bit was the stigma. Because I've talked about it here and there a little bit on the podcast, and I don't want, you know, every podcast to be like a Debbie Downer type thing, and, and we're not going right. to talk about it every podcast, but we're here, so let's talk about it. I made a meme the other day about, and it was actually in relationship to another podcast that I just did, about, you know, guys not wanting to seek mental health. And a lot of the comments on there will will fucking hold on a second. We want to seek mental health, but if we do, we're going to get fired. Right. And I think that's true in a lot of places, but then I, you know, there's a lot of departments that put it out there and it's available for you. And I think people won't take advantage of it because they're skeptical, Mm. which is fair. I mean, it's completely fair, but then you have other places where, it's fucking taboo. Like if you say, Hey, I'm having a hard time with something you're fucking done. And those right. dudes won't look at you the same way. And that shit has to stop. Look, I'm all for and being a I'll strong even... man and, you know, being on top of shit, but even mm-hmm. the strongest dudes have fucking shit that bothers them. It's okay right. to talk about that shit. Um, you right. know, and I'm not like, you know, we don't have to fucking be pansies and, you know, hold hands and talk about our feelings and, all that fucking shit. But I mean, we deal with fucked up shit on the, on the road, you know, I'm put, you know, even detectives and like, you need to talk through those things and you need to have resources because we need to have fucking cops stop offing themselves. Right. You know, and it's sad that guys get to a point where that's, that's the option. That's where they're left is because they feel like they either can't talk to someone or they feel like they're going to be ostracized or they're going to lose their job that they'll do shit. I mean, like we had the guy a couple of years ago that fucking offed himself, but faked, you know, basically faked he was being shot at. So his family leave his pension, you know, crazy shit like that, that goes on. We need to do better as a society for cops. And uh, there's a new thing that I don't know a whole lot about, which actually the guy that was supposed to be on the podcast, we were going to talk mental health. So that'll be coming up at some point when I get him rescheduled. But I need to do some research. There's a bill that just got signed into law, basically allowing cops to get confidential mental health treatment. And you know, the three people that didn't sign that fucking bill, the fucking socialist sisters, man. Mm, Of course. Of course. Cause you know, fucking cops don't need mental health. Uh But, and and you're right though. I mean, and my thing is that, you know, we expect our law enforcement to be, like I said before, these godlike figures where they can't do anything wrong. They they can't have any bad thoughts. They can't do this. They can't do that. And that's just not reality. And we are only humans. And I, I, that's why I hate the argument of should cops be held to a higher standard when it comes to people who aren't cops judging us. And 
you have like they have no idea the kind of things that we've seen in our lifetimes and they want to hold us on a scale of reference that that they've only seen with maybe a fraction of the kind of things that we have seen and they want to and they want to cast judgment and 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 i always think about um all the freaking movie references that I've made in this podcast, we're going to make another one. Um, have you ever seen the movie fucking Blade Runner? I actually have not seen that movie. I need to. It's okay. Yeah, it's, a lot of people need to see it. I haven't seen it. A lot of people who have seen it that don't really appreciate it for what it is. But anyways, the, the one of the fucking characters in there is, is basically dying in the end of the movie. And he gives probably one of the single greatest monologues of all time. And in the beginning of it, he says, you know, I've seen things you people wouldn't possibly believe. And that's how it starts. And honestly, that's how I feel a lot, a lot like whenever being in my job, people are always like, oh, you're a homicide detective. That's cool. What, what's, a, what's a cool story? What kind of case are you working? And I, I, I recently have, have told myself that I don't mind talking to people about it when they genuinely want to hear what I have to say. Um, but I have just seen things that people just would not possibly believe. And it's for someone to say that someone like me or even someone on a patrol level who's seen an equal amount of stuff shouldn't be able to seek out mental health in order to cope with everything that we have dealt with. Um, that's just quite frankly, it's cruel. It's evil. And, 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 and you're right. Now we were talking about before, like, you know, that, that's why I have, that's why I'm glad that our generation or my generation um, is taking it seriously because quite frankly, I am not going to see myself into an early grave because I didn't deal with something that could have been dealt with over some simple counseling. So I go, I, and I go to counseling. Like I, think, I think I said this earlier. Um, I do. I, I go um, not, not too regularly, but enough to say that I'm talking to the right people whenever I need to be talking to the right people um, because it's, it's not a joke and it, kill, it kills people every day and especially whenever we're uh, you and I are fucking up at 1, 2 a.m. staring at a ceiling real talk it was a really happy podcast um, yeah. <laughs> I agree with most everything you said um, I still think that cops need to be held to a higher standard but I do I see the point that you're you're making, though. Yeah, I don't want to say a higher but fair standard. Uh, there we go. A fair standard, I think, is a. I think you're putting it better for me, though. Yeah, a fair standard. Um, let's see if I got something that's actually good because most of the shit on here is bad cop stereotypes. Here's a fun one for you: rotund detectives. Oh, God. Okay. I'm just going to throw it out there. I make a lot of fat detective jokes. It might have uh, old department. There's actually quite a few dudes that were pretty fucking fit because they're allowed to work off work out on duty. Mm-hmm. So, which I think well, is a good thing. Like, I think cops, you know, if they're doing it during a lot of lunch break, who gives a shit? I think that's fine yeah. as long as they're able to respond to a call. But detectives, I mean, for the most part, there's not a whole lot of things except homicides where, you know, you got to jump out and go. Yeah, I'll say um, I I fall under the fat detective stereotype. I've, I've uh, I used to be relatively fit, and I used to be very fit when I was younger. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm a fat detective now, so I definitely fit that stereotype. 
Well, hey, buddy, I'm a fat podcaster, so we got that going. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm planning on starting exercise here soon to kind of burn all this weight off, but I just haven't yet. But eh, who gives a shit? I'm fucking... I always told myself, I was like, the second that I start seeing some like legit issues, then I would I would start exercising. But honestly, I don't really want to wait that long anymore because I just don't want to. I really don't want to be in an early grave. Yeah, well, and you that I could have treated. I I believe that you're younger than me. I think. Right, I am. I am. Yeah, um, dude, I'm telling you right now, it's way harder. Like I've been dieting yeah. for like two months now, and it's been like painfully slow. This podcast is going to come out after Thanksgiving. I'm here's the thing. I'm not like on Thanksgiving. Actually, I I had a burger for dinner tonight. My bad. But yeah. um, Thanksgiving, I'm not dieting on Thanksgiving. Like. Y'all can fuck off. Like, I'm going to eat what I'm going to eat on Thanksgiving because it's fucking Thanksgiving. Right. right. It's Thanksgiving. Um, so my poorly made weight loss challenge might be totally fucked by now, but maybe I'll, I'll run. <laughs> um, yeah, it might be like starting over. All right. So we're going to start over. Um, new me, new year. That's coming up soon, too. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's fucking bullshit. If you want to be a new you, fucking start right this goddamn second. And that, that definitely falls into what I was saying earlier about being fit enough to do the job. Um, that's where I'm a bit of a hypocrite because if I got sent back to patrol tomorrow, I, I'd fucking struggle if I got in a fight. I'd bitch, but I ain't going to chase him far. Hey, man, once you get going, though, with being fat, you have a lot of momentum. It's hard to slow down. Yeah, there's a whole lot of ass to be dropping on a motherfucker. You know that's right. Yeah. All right, here's where we're going to end. Um, none of you guys win shit because you didn't follow directions, but this one, I don't know, maybe this one could win something. The yeah, stereotype of good cop, bad cop. Oh, uh, that's a good one. That's actually a really good one. I'm going to just text them right now. You win and forget about it till tomorrow morning. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely did that with my patrol partner. Dude, that shit works. It actually does, to be yeah. honest with you. I mean, you can't abuse it and some people and like, if you're being super obvious about it, it's not going to work, but it does work. Oh, I I thought we were doing bad cop, bad cop. I just, yeah, exactly. Bad cop, worst cop. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, you kind of followed instructions. So you've won yourself a poorly made sticker. If you respond to my message. Yeah. Well, dude, yeah, dude, I'm tired. So we're going to end the podcast. Um, so i can stare at the ceiling when i get upstairs but we got to go with a couple things here oh i got i got three questions for you okay have you pooped your pants as an adult okay listen to me (laughs) okay because this was discussed in a in a group chat um that may or may not exist i fucking refuse to poop my pants listen i'm gonna tell you why because uh Okay, I think everyone refuses to poop their pants. I will no one wants to poop their pants. Shit on the ground before I poop my pants, dude. <laughs> so when I was younger, I have a sibling, and when I was younger, my sibling was of a certain age where they know like not to poop their pants anymore. And this age was, you know, to where I obviously distinctly remember this, and we were in a, let's say. Like, middle school era and this sibling pooped their pants on accident and i never let that sibling live it down 
So I cannot, I basically set myself up for failure because I can never poop my pants. Because if I do, I'm going to be just like my sibling. I can't do that. So like never a shart. Like you've never like let something nope. go and like blew nope. out your underwear. I, so I have this policy. If it's risky, I don't do it. I'm like, you know what? I'll just hold on to it for a little bit and I'll go to the bathroom. I'd rather run to a bathroom and fart into a toilet than <laughs> risk it and shit my pants. I fucking refuse, dude. I heard you and, and uh, Mo talking about it and I was like, I fuck no. I will not shit my pants. Okay. I will pull hold on a second. I, your, <laughs> your logic is fucking flawed because... I, okay, don't get me wrong. Like, it's not flawed. You shouldn't try to poop your pants. But, like, in my case, I was squeezing my cheeks for, like, a fucking mile and a half. And it just, like, my ass couldn't hold any longer. It was, like, a levee that broke. And I got in the door of Dude, my apartment. It wasn't my I fault. Will, I would literally so, shit on the side of the road before I poop my pants. I'm not no, kidding. Dude, that's wrong. That's fucking wrong because then you're then you're befouling public property. Hey, you know what? You know I will I will take that on the chin because you know what I didn't do? I didn't shit my fucking pants like a child, <laughs> like a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. All I right. will I will take whatever punishment that comes with not just to say that I didn't shit myself. All right, fair enough, I guess. Okay, so the next thing I got for you is obviously if you've listened to the podcast you know i do i ask people for a word of the day so they can throw it into their reports or over the radio uh, you got anything good um what about phrases do you ever do like a, any sayings like that's what she said oh yeah phrasings are good yeah like i uh we actually used to do word of the day on my shift on the radio okay and it, it turned it turned into phrases and my favorite was whenever we would do that's what she said Okay. Um, Because that's hard to kind of fit in without someone being like, what the fuck is he saying? No, you could totally fit that in. I spoke to so and so, blah, blah, blah. That's what she said. I don't know. I mean, you could phrase it, I think. You could phrase that in. Let's go with that's what she said. Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) That is what she said. Okay. Uh, So try and get that in the reports. And uh, if you want to send it to me, I'll make you internet famous, but don't get yourself in trouble for me. The concluding question I have for you. It's not really a question, more of a statement. I like to ask people if they have an, any imparting words of wisdom to the world that they would like to inform the millions of people that listen to this podcast. Mm, I do have some words of wisdom. I think this whole podcast has just been fucking words of wisdom that we've been exchanging. Words of wisdom and things I'm going to have to edit out. Um. Yes, that's exactly. Like, that's what you should title this podcast is just shit me and fucking debrief put together and had to delete half of it yeah it's um, gonna be like it's like a three-hour recording and it's gonna be down to like a half hour yeah yeah like yeah 20 minutes of just you and i laughing about something that happened that was edited out um <laughs> um i would say yeah i do have tell your friends you love them tell the people you work with that you love them uh tell your family that you love them because you'll you'll always regret the moment that you can't can no longer tell them that you love them and it's important that we are unafraid to express emotions when it comes to each other because we're important people and uh, you should make sure your friends know that they're important to you. So like I said, like I went to a friend's giving and 
you know, we, we, we took the time to say like things, same things to each other about how we were thankful that we were all still friends and that we deeply care about each other and tell your friends you love them because uh, you never know what can happen. It's important that people that you care about know that you love them. Also, this is going to be my last bit. Um, stay motivated. Honestly, stay motivated. Stay strong. I know that it's it's really rough out there, guys. It's really rough out there uh, working a patrol level, working a detective level, working in dispatch, working in detention or corrections, um, all the way around, nursing, all of it. It has just been a, a shit show that we've had to deal with. And quite frankly, we're not getting the support from the government like we need. Um, and a lot of communities aren't supporting us like we really need. But the important thing is that we support each other. Um, Hell yeah. Hell yeah, yeah that's it. That's all I got to say. All right. Well, uh, buddy, thanks for joining me, man. On short notice, I fucking literally called him up and I was like, hey, dude, my dude that was supposed to be on can't come on. You want to be on the podcast? And he fucking stepped up to the plate. So now I got to fill his spot because you're supposed to what, come on like two weeks or something. Yeah, it's the beginning of December, I think. Yeah, so we'll we'll have somebody. Maybe this guy will will pinch it for you. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I ask him if he shit his pants before. <laughs> I I've actually made that a thing. I I made that a question on because Spotify people that listen on Spotify I can ask some questions. I made it a poll if I should ask people if they shit their pants. So it's basically been a thing ever since Mo. <laughs> yeah. Well, except I did uh, the last episode, which I didn't. Um, solicit any questions for i had uh christina dog is on who is uh her husband's going through some shit out in california it was like a like an actual real podcast and i played it pretty straight so i did not ask her if she shit her pants i couldn't bring myself to do it maybe i should have though maybe i sold out no missed opportunity um missed your chance yeah (laughs) i should have shot my shot um anyway if uh you guys want to support this poorly made podcast? I got a couple ways for you to do it. At the end of every single podcast, there's a little button that says support this podcast. Click on that, put in your credit card number or your mom's or the one you stole. And it uh, gives me a little uh, cheddar and uh, keeps the lights on down here at the uh, poorly made police memes headquarters slash sex dungeon. Another way you can yeah. do that is buying fucking merch. It is uh, the day this up comes out, I think is November 28th. So, uh, you know, shipping is going to be kind of fucked this year. So if you want to get yourself some merch for your uh, pals, fucking get on that shit soon. Uh, the code is PMPMXMAS, and that should give you a discount on some shit. And then, uh, of course, I've got the Christmas ornaments with my friends, K Franta Designs, which I always say their fucking names wrong, but let's get those. Sh- fucking ordered soon because you got to have them up on your christmas tree so that's the point of having ornaments after christmas so fucking order some ornaments it'll make your tree pop and of course take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast because without them i would have to go get a real job and no one wants that with that said you know holidays are coming that's tough for people fucking make sure you're looking out for each other you know take care of your buddies something's going on make sure you're taking care of you know the guys you work with guys and gals you work with uh, with that said, I hope you guys all have a safe night. Remember, I love most of you. Bye-bye. Yeah.